Spotlight, the official podcast of the Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. Hi lads, how's it going? It's a Wednesday. Fuck me, a lot's happened in the last couple of days. Maybe we should have on Monday after all. Well, late this week, sorry everyone. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of had to wait till the, the Ali Pali show came out. It's kind of delayed it. And to be honest, a lot of football. There's been a lot of football on recently and wild politics stuff happening every fucking day of the week. <laughs> yeah, and loads of news and everything else. Yeah. So they should, people should be grateful to get a show at all, frankly, <laughs> at this point. You're, you're doing well. There you go, yeah. That's it. We, we tried to get these things out on a Monday or Tuesday, but yeah, like you say, Ali Pali was, was late. We, we all kind of had a couple of scheduling things. Joe, you were watching uh, Saints last night. I don't even know how they got on. How'd they get on? Uh, we beat Pompey 4-0. Oh, okay. Routine, easy, outclassed them, yeah. Power on the South Coast, you know, restored. Especially after that shocking South Coast derby loss. Not a derby. Derby to Bournemouth fans, not to Saints fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Saints, not. Saints-Portsmouth, that's a derby, is it? I don't know yeah. anything about my, my geography down there. Oh, yeah, Saints-Pompey's a massive derby. Uh, rival Rivalry built over the docks, basically. Two... Uh, Port Towns. So it's the wire season two. There. Say again. So it's like the wire season two. Uh, <laughs> I get when I've been through Baltimore. I've got very excited when I've seen the docks and <laughs> thought about Frank Sabotka. Yeah. Uh, and basically, all of my family were dockers, oh. including both my granddads. And I never ever got excited by the prospect of them taking containers off ships all day long until I'd seen the wire. So yeah, it's a bit weird. Um yeah. I don't think they were also drinking it's about the dockers unionization. It's incredible stuff. But I don't think they were drinking um eggs at a pint of beer before they started work in the morning, (laughs) which is a great seat. That's a proper breakfast, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there are any I don't think there are any ziggies of his chicken and his leather, red leather jacket and all the rest of it. But, you know, if you've not seen it, get on it. The Wire's the greatest TV show ever. And, yeah, we had a routine win, and I'm quite happy. Ah, oh, good stuff. Uh, you've been up to much else this week, JP? Uh, mad politics shit, like JP <laughs> said. Just so fucking much of it. Missed the, what looks like a wild night in Parliament as well as a result of having to record tonight. So cheers. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, the, um, Boris and, uh, and Trump are a double act now. I saw that yesterday, and Boris is embarrassing yeah. himself again today. It's uh, And it's Trump's about reference. to be impeached. <laughs> As if. That's never happening. No, no, seriously. They've gone ahead with an official impeachment inquiry, did it? Announced it last night, so... Oh, yeah, I, heard, serious... I was listening to the, uh, the Daily today, but it won't go anywhere. It will. Oh, that, that that's a man with plenty of dirt on him. Absolutely. See. And they're, and they're going to go hell for leather. See, this is why, JP, we need David Starr on here. We need to have the conversation that I experienced live in Liverpool, you and him going back and forth on American politics. That's a podcast. I'd yeah. What do you think of oh, Warren? Well game for that. What do you think of Warren? I would actually think she's the best of the candidates at the moment. And even though she's a progressive, I still think she can win over moderates because she's got a good sort of homespun appeal as well. And very kind of relatively practical policies. And I think she'll beat Trump on a debate stage. But he'll do something shifty and they'll and the Republic and I've an awful fear of of Trump somehow winning and doing some sort of bollocks in the meantime. But you can listen to all of this on Patreon. <laughs> on uh, on my new on my new US politics podcast that no one will ever listen to. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, we can is that a thing? No, it's not a thing. Well, you've kind of that's false advertising. It is. It was a lie on my part. Mm. Sorry. 
Uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll go get a Patreon going. We'll get some bonus audio on there. Maybe get some video version. Joe, we could put that... Um, I've been put, tweeting out all week the uh, the GIFs from what I assume is some kind of student film that you did. Uh, I've had a million people ask me what the story is between that thing, but we could throw that up on a, like a, a Patreon video tier. You, what was the other uh, character you played? Oh, um... Ricky Biggs. Ricky Biggs, what's that about? What is going on, Joe? Uh, um, uh, never did I think I'd be on here explaining that. Uh, you sent me the gifts. You said that you said I could use them however I like, and I've just used them all week to basically reply to anyone asking why the podcast was so delayed. It, it worked for all occasions. I'm glad to hear people are enjoying them. Uh, it was a student project I got roped into a few years ago where he wanted to make an 80s-style buddy cop movie, uh, which I was well on board for, and we needed two slightly older-looking guys. <laughs> not, not that I look old in it. Where was JP? Um, say again. Where was JP at? Uh, that was during the the brief period we didn't work together. Oh, I was so. at another college at the time. See, I, I've seen plenty of other. Oh, there's plenty of other student projects since then. That I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Seen Joe, Joe take mine, and he's and he's heard me take mine. Yeah, yeah JP's point. radio drama exploits uh, something that need to be heard at some point as well. The man's got a great voice for radio drama. I'll give him that. There's Irish boxing coach, Irish yeah. detective. Yeah, there was no reason for the detective to be Irish. I just decided to do it more for shits and giggles than anything else. Did a Fit Finley impression playing like God or something <laughs> yeah. in one of them, I remember. Yeah, that was that was gold. My girlfriend so, loves those. So, I played them so much. I thought they were brilliant. In, in JP's world, God is an Irishman then. That makes sense, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the film... I, I was don't in a... know what happened, but <laughs> all I know is I saw Jesus... And and everything was all right. So I'm not a religious man. I think it's something along those lines. That could be deeply offensive to many people, by the way. <laughs> Is it something like that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Something gaudy. Yeah. Was. Um, good old God. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I even saying? Yeah, I was in a buddy cop movie uh, that was Gosh. meant to be based in the 80s with another colleague of mine. Lance McCormack was his name. And, yeah, we did this project, and it was a bit of a riot. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed being in it. I thoroughly enjoyed getting to wear loads of 80s outfits and a mullet wig for a couple of weeks while we made it. Um, and that's where the uh, GIF content comes from. <laughs> that, that, that Not really sure my acting's very good, but, you know, I like to think that... Uh, well, it's provided some material to get people through these slow and boring and monotonous weeks, you know. Better or worse than London Rampage, that's what I want to know. Oh, so much better. So <laughs> much better. Trust me, I'm a better actor than uh, Darren Burridge or whatever his name is and everyone else on that Greg cast. Burridge. Yeah, yeah. Well, he goes by two names, doesn't Wasn't he? Darren Burridge a keeper? Probably. Oh, okay. No, he definitely went by vote, didn't he? But, oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah, he's... Uh... I think he, is he still wrestling now? He's just is he just running the uh, the stuff out of the resistance gallery? That's where I think he's he, just running stuff there. He wrestled on those Rev Pro TV tapings, but maybe you could tell you what, acting simple. acting's not his game. And if he's looking for someone for London Rampage Two, <laughs> he wants to give the Ricky Big story a watch and come get me. He's looking for a maybe a prequel where you go back to eighties London. Just have a look at that and see what I can pull off when it comes to eighties characters and get me in. I like it. And Jamie Foreman. Oh, I'd be up for that. I just went one across his dad. He'd probably kill me. What would be the next hitman for the craze and all that? But Jamie Foreman, bit of a legend. Good actor. 
especially his EastEnders run is Derek Branning. <laughs> oh, I love the way the soap opera runs are now like considered like runs as if they were doing I don't know mid south <laughs> and going off to Florida for a bit. It Working was a great on run. The road. I remember his death on it? Christmas Day. I was disappointed that it was a heart attack because I thought that like Max Branning was going to kill him or something, and then he just collapsed in the square. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't wasn't there like a movie? Wasn't you? I'm sure. Didn't, didn't your girlfriend try and arrange for you to get on EastEnders as an extra or something like that? I feel like we need to make that happen. We need to send like a demo. No. Can we? Oh, <laughs> did I make that? I'm sure. Maybe it was just our listeners trying to get you on an EastEnders uh, camera. Are they? We, we should. We should do that though. We'll, we'll yeah. send in a tape. My absolute dream, like I will have completed life if I get to just walk through the market. Uh, just stride along through that market. Maybe just nick a nick an apple from the market for Martin Fowler. And go in the Vic and just order a pint and just sit observing as an extra in the background. If I do that, I've completed life. Uh, you never know what it could lead to, Joe. You could end up on Dancing on Ice like Barrymore. It could, it could, uh, it could all turn off. Barrymore was on Dancing with Dancing on Ice. Oh yeah, I literally only know that because I overheard people talking about it in the office today. Um, I don't know if JP. I can need to see that. Or not, but I feel like seen- I'd watch it. Have you seen Jim Davidson and Bobby Danvero on Good, Good Morning Britain talking about a No Deal Brexit oh, and uh, the troops? Like, if you if you could ever guess, like two men who would be Brexiteers, it's going to be them two. Oh yeah, Bobby Danvero still drunk on there from the night before. It's hilarious. So session at three a.m. To which we hypothesise what happens if you record a conversation with Jim Davidson and Bobby Bobby Danvero at three a.m. I'd love to have been the there. Whatever it is, I'll tell you what it isn't woke. That's what it won't be. Uh, we're gonna have a go at tears again. Apologies for, to uh, Will Cooling, but I was gonna say, like, you know, what that reminds me of, like, remember when um, Scott Hall went on like live and kicking, and he was absolutely been out all night the night before. I remember reading Finn Martin putting Power Slam. He'd been out the night before, and then he turned up for this kids' show, and you wouldn't know it. He was absolutely, he was a complete pro, putting like the presenters in like the razor's edge, doing some ladder spots, and he was just, he was charming. He was great with the kids. You wouldn't believe he'd been. Uh, he was, but saying that though, he's probably got like a high tolerance for it. Old, uh, old Scott Hall. He'd have been at his peak at that point. Mm, this was like ninety six. Like yeah. He could handle the booze at that point. Yeah, mm. it wasn't like sort of later on. It wasn't two thousand ten TNA Scott when he looks like he's just knocked off a job scaffolding for the day <laughs> when he's in the ring. He just looked bloated. Was that the him and Nash? That we're gonna watch. Yeah, he's wearing. A, he's wearing a jumper <laughs> and trainers. Trainers slight. Obviously trousers as well. Jeans. Oh, <laughs> was jeans, yeah. is it? Yeah, for a match with Kevin Nash. <laughs> Remember when they dressed up, like, to cover up his belly, they dressed up as, like, Elvis and they were the kings of wrestling. We've definitely talked about that before, but... Oh, the yeah. The lens they go to to, uh, to cover up Scott Hall. He really did. In those years, he looked like someone had, like, pumped some air in him. He just looked bloated and awful. Um, great to see Looks him good now. You've out. seen him in up close and personal. So I have, yeah. look, he was doing... looking all right these days. Yeah, um... Save that for Ask Rev, Joe. We'll talk about that at the end. Hey. <laughs> let's save the libel for then, JP. Uh, let's just oh, say okay. he looked like he was having a very good time. Um, yeah. <laughs> In a good way. Uh, what's your, what's your, what's your favourite wrestler out of context? Like, seeing Scott Hall on Live and Kicking was one for me. Shawn Michaels on there as well. Uh, any other like big appearances of wrestlers when they like been over here in the UK or anything like Jarrett that? Jarrett Tranmere Dam. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one always works. Jeff Jarrett at Tranmere, Jeff Jarrett at Prenton Park, just in general, it is like, yeah. That's one you wouldn't have ever expected. 
Yeah, that that one. Yeah, it's hard to top Jeff for that. Although the other day I did see another clip of Batista in Neighbours, mm. which will always oh, see that yeah. stand out at the time. I still yeah. can't believe that's a real thing. I know. Seems fucking wild. Well, Big it? Dave got to live his dream and walk. He's the through. size of the table. Mate, he got to walk hotel. through Ramsey Street. So why can't I walk through Albert Square? <laughs> Just follow the. Well, Big Dave walks alone, so you know it's hard to, to follow the uh, the path. He does what he wants. He's a. He's he a... was walking along with Toadie, mate. He wasn't walking alone <laughs> inside his pit of danger. <laughs> he is like, I love Big Dave. He's like, he's someone who I never want to watch wrestle again. It's a bit like Randy Orton. Like, I don't, I don't want to watch Randy Orton matches. But like, just as his actual real life dick persona, I'm actually a big fan of. Like, I I enjoy the kind of I don't give a fuckness of of Randy Orton and the yeah. Batista attitude of I'm just gonna do what I want. I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna be a movie star now, and it's just gonna work. I'm gonna talk shit about The Rock and about whoever, and no one's gonna Batista's stop me. way cooler than Randy Orton though, if you ask me. Randy yeah. Orton with his ex-military shite. Sorry to any uh, military lovers, especially the American military. Ah, not for me. Batista's the man. Batista's always been the man, if you ask me. I've got more time for Batista than I have Orton any day. Orton looks like one of those jock dickheads that you would have ate at a school, like a Biff Tannen sort. Oh, definitely Whereas <laughs> Batista just looks like he'd be a cool, chilled-out guy mm. who would have respect for people who treat him with respect. Whereas Orton, you could just see him being a dick for dick's sake. Yeah. yeah Sorry, it. Ben, I'd have ruined that uh, oh, view I, I, of all you got right there. I think it's just the fact that like he'll come out on, on like publicly slate like a Baron Corbin, or he'll just because he knows he's untouchable and he knows he's one call away from his mate Cody and he can go to AEW at any given time. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, please no. I, I God no. Oh, it's never going to happen. Like, there's no way. But he can always threaten it, and I appreciate that about him. He can, I will never watch any of his matches again. <laughs> I'm trying to think of times where I might... What about Randy Orton and Matt Riddle? If it went like six seconds, then yeah. What about well up for that. a 10-minute match? A 10-minute match where Matt Riddle goes ever clean. Yeah, all right. I'll watch yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Isolated events. Very fucking isolated events. Would you go okay. back and watch those Christian matches? They were good back in the day, you know? I've they heard. were really good. That was a great feud. I think that's a really underrated we, feud, actually. We were talking about this the other day. Like, the we're actually... It's 2019, and, like, we are at the end of a decade, and, like, there's not been much discussion, like, match of the decade type stuff, or feud of the decade hmm. type stuff. And we were talking about that Christian feud as, like, a nice underrated one. That, like, that SmackDown period, was it 2010? I think they switched from Freeze to Heal. Yeah, 10 well. 11, something like that. Mm. They had a really, really great match at SummerSlam, I remember as well, one year. Like mm. a street fight that was the blow up. You know, it was 2011 because I remember they blew it off and they should have blown it off at Hell in a Cell when they decided to make Hell in a Cell as a pay per view because obviously every September there's going to be a feud that peaks that, you know, should go to Hell in a Cell because that's the way the wrestling works, you know, gimmicked pay per views. And they ended it a month early and did Randy Orton, Mark Henry in Hell in a Cell. And it was at that point <laughs> I was just like, they've got no idea what they're doing anymore. Yeah. And that was fucking nine years ago. <laughs> like, what is it about? It, it was the same summer as the summer of punk because oh, Christian Randy oh, Orton, the end of the DQ is on that show and Christian low blows him. Or Randy Orton, oh, there's some low blow and Christian wins the belt, I remember. 
on oh. the money in the bank pay-per-view yeah See, the more things change the more they stay the same but i'd still say revisit it like if, if i was going to revisit anything i'd review revisit that little feud i can't think about shells from the other uh, tens from wdb though that i'd be i'd be talking about especially feud wise uh, cm like, punk feuds. kevin nash <laughs> just to see the whole triple h burial stuff nash i did enjoy punk destroying nash on the mic i remember that being a great segment that was great uh, and nash just didn't really know how to come back like the cool guy nash just didn't really come out that night um yeah i suppose <laughs> there's that and there's him sticking him with the power bomb i enjoyed that spot too we should ask him about that when we get to uh, go to the an evening with kevin nash at saint mary's stadium yeah you're gonna go you're gonna go yeah. Oh, yeah. Mate, the last time I was in that room, it's in, was my year 11 prom. I'm there. <laughs> when is it? Uh, March. Oh, got a while yet. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll got a while for one. it. But it's got, like, some quite decent tiers. feels like I'm promoting it as well. I don't want all the tickets to go because we haven't got our sorted out yet. Well, if we can get media tickets, you know, get a special interview oh, with Kevin Nash, Nash backstage. If the, uh, anyone wants to get onto the event organisers about me and JP getting an evening with Kevin Nash alone i'd be well up for a bit of that so basically you get yourself 20 quid live interview live q a participation in the auction participation in the raffle the raffle the raffle yeah <laughs> 35 quids uh the extra stuff you get is photo of kevin nash uh priority seating meet and greet and then if you get the diamond package it's 100 quid only 50 available front row buffet i don't know if that's with kevin or not to a degree if you're paying for that much you want to have dinner with the man at that stage <laughs> photo with him signed photo um oh, i've missed out the black package on here the black package it sounds like it should be really dark it really isn't it's meet and greet interview q a auction raffle photo of you and nash <laughs> which will be printed on night and it's a signed photo of you and kevin nash i assume that's the same photo i don't want any of this printed photo shite i want a picture on my phone that i can put on gold a... package 35 quid photo kevin Nash. i want a picture on my phone that i can send to you benno that's mm. what i want this from is kevin it. nash i don't want a printed picture that i'm gonna put in a frame on my wall because that's just weird 35 quid and i'm not getting the same nostalgic boost that joe is by going to this event as well on top mm. of it the 35 quid I'm a chinwag with Kevin Nash. I'm fucking there. I'm going to miss out on the buffet. I'll eat before. You're looking forward to going to St. Mary's for the first time. Well, yeah, there's that as well. I won't lie. I am intrigued. Night out in Southampton for Any you. chance of getting out on the pitch? I don't know. Why not? Out on the pitch? Yeah. Uh, he, Kevin, Kevin won't want to kick about, will he, Benno? You can get him out on the piss, but probably not on the pitch. Yes, like a, his knees. Jesus. You and Big Kev sitting back having a nice glass of red wine. I could see that happening. That, that's something I can picture. Uh, I wonder if Saints are playing that day as well. I'm assuming not, but I'll have a look. Because if Kevin Nash is at a Saints game as well, that's something I'd love to see. Mm. (laughs) I will look that up. (laughs) That'll be Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I was trying to work out because that's March. I was trying to work out because the uh, full of a wrestling con's on, but that's April again. But they've got, I know Kenny Omega got announced for that recently. I think the Steiner brothers are there, Goldberg's there. I don't think Nash has been announced though. So I think they're just flying them over for this mini tour and yeah. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully they make their money back. Oh God, I hope so. I was going to ask as well. Do you reckon any chance of getting the Steiners to go to a Tranmere game while they're there as well? <laughs> we can only try. We'll we'll try and get. We'll bring Marty along. We'll try and get them in the hotel bar. We'll get them chatting. We'll see what we can do. JP, do you reckon they'll get Michelle Fawn in for the night to accompany him again? <laughs> uh, maybe good Twitter account. You know, maybe they could. Uh, <laughs> 
Britain's number one porn star. Uh, Is she still? I don't know. Uh, no idea. JP, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I did see her at PCW when they were there, when they when they when they uh, won the PCW tag belts and then lost them on the same weekend via not being pinned because the Steiner brothers, and despite being like sixty, they refused to take a pin. I know Michelle Thorne was supposed to be their manager. I can't remember if she turned up or not. It's bad that I remember she was there. I've seen the pics. Oh yeah, she must have been then. But I was I only had eyes for Scott Steiner to be honest. Um, and I've told the story before in this podcast, but and also the other the other big memory of that is when I, I went up the stairs and saw saw a, a man with grey hair limping up down the stairs, looking like he was uh, on his last legs. And I thought, oh, look at that old man. And then I realised it was Scott Steiner, and the waft of the O that I'd smelt was also Scott Steiner. Great celebrity. Brilliant. <laughs> oh. I like to think that Bo was from the MMF. He was taking part in backstage <laughs> prior to his match. You can only imagine that poor women's division. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anything else before we get into the rest of the news type stuff we should probably get into? Because we've got a fuck shit load to talk, to talk about. I, I was going to say something I want to do, and this is kind of leading on from the Steiners. i tell you what I'm in the mood for, and I want to try and catch one of the like, Steiners Miracle Violence Connection matches. Oh. That's what I need to get get on board with. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Two, one at Clash of the Champions... Yep. And won a uh, Beach Blast 92, yep. which is the main event, yeah. The, the Clash any, of the Champions one is better. Anything from Japan as well. Um, I don't know if they had a match in Japan. Yeah, that's true. The politics were... New Japan, all Japan, yeah, because yeah, it was real political nightmare, apparently, getting them mm. in WCW together as well, because of WCW's New Japan relationship and all the rest of it. Sorry to spoil that for you. Uh, it's, it's all right. I, by the way, I just got very excited because I've just looked up if Saints are at home that day. We're not. We're away to Norwich. But I got the weeks mixed up. And for a moment, I thought we were at home to Arsenal that day, oh. which would have been like the perfect day. Bit of Arsenal. JP could have come as well. Followed by Kevin Nash. Oh, that, I'm disappointed now. Sorry, Ben. I carry on. Move the dates. That's what we need. Move the dates for that and get that going. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to advertise. Yeah, we'll do JP's uh, retro hour at some point retro 10 minutes you can go through all those matches JP, oh yeah to your heart's content uh, it will be and yes there will be a lot of tna in there <laughs> yes there will well we've got some tna news to talk about today but before we get to that we should probably talk like the some of the big news that's happened today uh, we're going to do a big review of progress's ali pali show and we've got a uh, good opinions on that one um you guys watched <laughs> that today i managed to not like us to see it like last night but yeah before we get there lots of news happening today um and lots happening over the last week since we last recorded it was pretty much a, a full week ago now so uh, i don't think we're going to be doing a match by match report but the wednesday night wars have kind of started uh nxt mm. debuted on on usa network did that you actually see it did you see that both hours i watched the first hour, and I watched some of the second hour, and then just that too much has been going on, and I've been too busy and forgot to go back and watch the rest of it. Yeah, I ended up watching the whole thing on the network, but I think it was on like the Sunday because I was up at stupid o'clock and there was rugby on, mm. so I kind of had that leading up to Ugh. the Ireland game on the Sunday. I was like up at about half six, so I actually watched it then. Mm. Got a priority. Yeah, exactly, it was priority. It was a good game. Uh, I'll I'll leave it this week's early doors. There's plenty of rugby to go through, but it was a good start from Ireland. That are toffs travelled over to Japan for this one, haven't I they? D- I don't think so. That are public school boys. No, I, d- I don't think that's the case. Yeah. You've been quite assumptive about it. Right. 
again, apologies to Will Curling. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the NXT show. And, like, uh, and you, I suppose, JP. Yeah. Oh, who's the Ob Martin's a big rugby fan as well, isn't he? The three. Yeah, he's massive. Know. He's a league fan, though, and he? he's a big, big league. Martin's league knowledge is is cracking. League and his NRL right. knowledge, which is the kind of stuff I watch. League, I'm kind of all right with. It's the union, the public schoolboy toff, toffee yeah. nose stuff. Yeah, that I'm not all right I with. Still think Martin watches union as well. No. I think rugby's the fundamental. To- Maybe at the end of the day, just Martin likes seeing people beat the shit out of each other. Just the egg-shaped oh, balls, is it? Yeah, that's it. Chuck a ball into the mix. Weird-shaped ball, then. No, Not right. Sorry, Ben. I got <laughs> completely off track again. NXT, oh yeah, NXT. That was it. Yeah, NXT. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was like a. You loop. watched all of it? Yeah, I watched it. I watched the first hour live, and then like with everybody else, couldn't get the network running for hour two, and ended up like kind of periodically catching up on that second half through the week. I really think that was a bad call. I think I'd have just either kept it to an hour, or I don't know, launched the same week as AEW. If you're trying to kill them anyway, maybe that's the that's a better idea. It definitely didn't feel. I don't know, it just felt like another episode of NXT to me. Uh, hotter crowd because of the fact that it was live, but yeah, it did it, it, it? I watched it and I'd gone in with all kinds of like, oh, I'm looking forward to this Wednesday Night War stuff, and I am, and there's lots of AEW side stuff to get into in a minute, but I kind of came out mm. of it thinking, ah, this is, you know, I never feel like I really need to watch NXT, and watching it, I was like, yeah, I know for absolute certain now, AEW will be the show that I'll be trying to watch weekly, as live, live as much as I can, but probably the first thing I watch the uh, the next day, and NXT is probably going to be something that I'll, I'll get to at some point, as, as solid as it was. Yeah, that was it. I mean, I watched it. I I thought it was fine. I mean, I thought the the main focus match of the night that I didn't enjoy it. Roderick Strong Velveteen Dream, mm. and that was for me was like kind of the focus of it. I I, I felt quite bored. I thought Velveteen Dream was quite bad in the match. The crowd mm. were kind of with it. Yeah, the crowd thought... were with it, and the crowd were willing it for that first hour. It does feel like it does lose something in that second hour as well. But mm. as good as Roderick Strong is, mm. and I think he's very good at structuring a match, keeping it together. I think his Fundamental was a great cardio stupid. Ah, oh, it's insane. Mm. But Velveteen Dream wasn't at that same level as him, and it was quite clear. It's the w- worst I've seen him, and the most I think he's struggled in the singles match in a quite a while. Velveteen Dream. Mm. Yeah. It's going to happen as well with him at this age and this level of experience. So it's it's not like, and he doesn't seem like the kind of character where it's going to necessarily dissuade him. He can move on from it quite quickly, and he'll only get better. That's it. Yeah, he's going to be on. He's going to be on live TV every week. So you know, he's going. He's going to have to uh, at some point. But yeah, I thought that was fine. I go hot and cold on Roddy. Like there's times where I'm really into him, and there's times where I'm like, ah, watch this wrestler, as good as he is, in the same gear with the same look, doing the same moves. Like what, fifteen years at this point, Joe? And he is so good. But sometimes I do kind of get. I've had enough of Roderick, Roderick Strong. But this was, you know an okay enough night for him um and kind of cool that the, the thing with the uh with the whole uh, undisputed era uh getting all the belts kind of setting that up as like a as a week one story i think they did a good job of you know establishing who pete dunn is who obviously is going to be on the tv uh every week and i thought on the network hour it was a bit of a shame to hide matt riddle away on there i thought like he was someone that should be on the the proper tv um, they did the big Walter angle with Kashida, another thing that I kind of thought should be on the proper TV. It was just a for me a weird animal. It being kind of hour one on TV, which I had to watch with the stream because we'll tie into a story we're going to talk about in a minute. It's not airing live in the UK, uh, and then hour two being on the network, and again the network shit in the bed for everyone, so it, it not feeling maybe as important because it didn't feel like many people were watching that second hour live. 
No, and I've, if I'm honest, I forgot about it. <laughs> so that kind of says a lot about it. And it didn't feel like it was essential. I think I started watching it and then got tired, went to bed. And then until now, Benno, I've not thought about it again. Yeah. So it feels like a bonus. It kind of tells you where it is. In, yeah, it tells you where it is in my list of priorities. Should I go back and watch it? No. There's no not really. really. I think I saw the Pete Dunn match. Was that in the second hour? Yeah, the old yeah. yeah the I think I saw that and then match. turned it off. Yeah, mm. yeah. I thought that was okay for what it was. So I think match-wise, what else was on there? Match-wise, that was really. good. I think there was the Leo Rush Only Lorcan match, <clears throat> which was which was good. I thought I, it was actually for me that Only Lorcan's best, awesome. Yeah, for me it was the best match on the show. He's a guy who should have had more of an indie run, if you ask me. He went yeah. to WWE too soon. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, Leo Rush back on TV, on as a babyface as well. I don't know, what did you make of that, Benno, that match? Fine. Like, I like real Rush. Uh, <laughs> he's. I'm glad that, you know, he's not just out in the wilderness anymore, uh, and they're actually going to do something with him. I think he's better here than on 205 Live. That looks like it's going to be still taped after or before SmackDown, which is a fucking bizarre decision. So I'm glad to see him here, involved in the mix here. And I, I think, yeah, I know he's looking. He isn't someone that I'm hugely into, but he is on, uh, I'm going to talk about it a bit more later, but he's on Tag League uh, coming up. So, you know, going to see a bit of him over the weekend uh, and maybe yeah, get some of the, some more of that uh, that indie work that maybe, uh, like you say, you could have done more of. Because, yeah, when he was, yeah, I mean, he was in Evolve for a long time, wasn't he? But I can't say he was someone I was uh, desperate to get, get, get signed up. Yeah, he was there for like a year or so. He was really good in PWG uh, in about, was it 2014, 15? Um, saw him live when I was in America about five years ago. He was fucking awesome. Big fan. Loved some of his strikes. Loved the pace, the intensity he works at. Got different sort of body shape and sort of movement as well to a lot of guys. Just find him quite a unique sort of interesting guy. Never got over to the UK though, unfortunately, which to me is why I think he was signed up too early because he didn't come over to here when the scene was really, really hot and at its peak in sort of 2016-17 because he was sat in developmental doing forward roles all week so hey he was getting to talk to Robbie Brookside every day though so that, what, a, what a bonus that's it yeah plus his Twitter game's got a lot better I know you wouldn't care Joe but he's uh, he's quite he's quite the follow on yeah. Twitter as well JP you probably agree yeah 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 you see it on that I mean he's kind of got the clearly defined cap. he does everything in, in caps okay and it's, it's but it's with a nice sense of irony between it do you know my favourite thing about Leo Rush's cool his mouth <laughs> And I, and I hope he opens it a lot more. Because when he was opening his mouth like six months ago, what was coming out was great. I was wondering where you were going there. I thought you were just a real big fan of... Uh, of yeah, there was some general. sort of mouth fetish going on. No, 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 no. Okay. no. <laughs> it was good fun when he was like... And, and do you know what? He, he sees his own self-value. Yeah, that's it. You've got to like, appreciate that it, in a wrestler, it, haven't you? Yeah, and I think that's something that we've often kind of really had a bug bugbear about wrestlers not doing in terms of like really seeing their own self worth. What, like Spike Trevay? <laughs> like any of that crew, <laughs> to be honest. One for the week. Yeah, yeah. Say yeah. again. Like any of that crew, really, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. He's the one who stands out more than any of them for me, though. But yeah. But, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I thought it was a it was an okay kind of first show. Uh, they're gonna mm. have to do more if they're gonna drag me away from AEW. But saying that, <laughs> might struggle to get AEW on. Uh, there's been a lot of news that's dropped today. It's kind of gone gone back and forth. Some uh, ITV scheduler kind of leaked that uh, apparently uh, AW, AW's Dynamite uh, in the UK was going to be 
I think it's airing on ITV at 11 o'clock on Monday nights. So the Monday following the actual air date. And then he kind of backtracked and said, oh, but there's also uh, on a Sunday, there's a morning show, uh, eight in the morning. That's going to be like a, like that's going to be the full view. And then the Monday night's going to be the highlights. And uh, like, it, it kind of kicked off a, a bit of a shitstorm today. And then Dave Meltzer put on his message board that, no, 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 this is all nonsense. They're just two two additional errands of the show. There's going to be more errands throughout the week. Uh, assuming, you know, as we all did, that AEW had this great ITV deal coming. And then, yeah, tonight, literally five minutes before we were about to go live, uh, it, ITV Wrestling uh, themselves have, uh, have tweeted out saying that, yeah, it is true that it's going to be... Uh, su- Sundays at 8.20 in the morning is going to be the... The, the the first airing it's going to be the full show i'm i can imagine now the uh the batman wham bang kind of things that we used to get when wcw was on channel five and uh before the watershed eight in the morning for an AEW product doesn't seem ideal and then there's going to be a highlight show monday nights like i say 11 45 p.m it is so even worse than i was saying then they're going to be messing around with the schedule when there's a pay-per-view on the saturday and that's kind of all they've said, uh, and they're going to be looking at the schedule later. It brought uh, Tony Khan uh, out of the woodwork. He uh, he left the dogs alone to, to send a tweet and say that uh, <laughs> apparently they're going to be finding a, while ITV will be their free-to-wear kind of partner, they will also find a way for people around the world, including the UK, to watch the TV show live. I don't know if that means fight or it means YouTube. Uh, it's probably going to be one of those two. Uh, but yeah, bit of a shit show, really, considering like Cody at the start was bragging about uh, AEW having a better UK deal than, than WWE and lots of Meltzer speculation about this TV deal. And now, yeah, a week out, we find out that... It's not really that rosy for uh, for fans like us in the UK, although you know maybe the three of us are probably more akin to finding other methods than uh, than staying up live to watch on ITV anyway. Yeah, there are alternative means, absolutely. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but what on earth are ITV four showing at one two a.m. on a Wednesday night slash Thursday morning? Like that, uh, this is not worth showing live. It doesn't make any kind of sense when you've got live programming there but they're going to be paying for anyway um it yeah to me it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that they wouldn't just show it like you know i like a bit of schwarzenegger i like a bit of stallone i love a bit of seagull but at the same time they're probably going to do probably it's itv4 let's stay on brand what's on ali the will smith Ali film for eleven twenty. They've gone. They've gone big. I haven't finished till two twenty five. The Protectors, <laughs> which I must confess, I haven't seen it. I'm aware of who Robert Vaughan is. Then it gets the night screen at two fifty. Yeah, come on. Teletext. Teletext at night and then tele shopping. Teletext at night for ten minutes seems hardly worthwhile, but that's another point for another time. But Lethal yeah, there's not much think. doing at like that point in time they'll get ratings and they can sell advertising space at that time whereas it looks like with that they're not really doing that if anything so to me it doesn't make a lot of sense maybe it's a lack of sort of understanding of the fact there is some sort of audience there for this even though it would be a DVR based audience so I don't know if that means that puts them off because it's a DVR audience at that time or what but Mm. It's it's a bit frustrating, yeah, definitely. To, to kind of put it into context, the kind of ratings, the the top end of ratings um, for ITV4, just 
brought up on um, Thinkbox on here. 343,000 lethal weapon. First <laughs> one, which good, good fucking choice, might I say. Serious <laughs> at that point. It was like Gibson's much more of a disturbed character on that stage. The, the, the humour, it's classic sort of Shane Black. It's very, very... <laughs> Gary Boosie. Very dark. Yeah, Gary, Gary Boosie in there. Um, no, is he not in the second? No, he's not. You're right. Yeah, I think no, he's he in is, the first He's one. in the first one. Yeah. yeah, I got confused with the sort of South African bloke in the second oh, yeah. one. It's awful. But that's number one on there. Hmm. Like, it, it, I mean, there's a kind of a drop off when you when you go through it. That's like so. It's three fifty seven is the top one when you include like sort of VOD. Numbers one to four there are pretty fascinated actually. Yeah. So number one, lethal weapon. Number two, die another day. Why? I don't know. It's one of the worst bonds. It's the bit where it stops for the for the news bit or the F. Oh right, yeah. Because number three, uh, die another day. Number four, lethal weapon. I thought it was like a, a repeat show. Yeah. Then a lot of cycling. Um, highlights sort of tour of Spain. Something called the Banks of England. I don't know what that was, but people seem to be into it. Doesn't sound on brand for ITV. A show about no. ITV Four. A show about banks. It's usually a whack shit, isn't it? But yeah, you're looking men busting out and robbing banks. I'd expect or the bank job of Jason Statham, but not a show about banks. Sorry, I'm distracting you again. <laughs> but it's. It's ridiculous. To give you some clue as well, number 49 on there is World of Sport filler shows, which gets 60,000. And that's number 49 on that list of 50 for the week. And that's just the general world of sport, not the wrestling. So you're thinking, like, Thursday, 10 o'clock, could they do 100,000? There's plenty of stuff in here that does. Admittedly, a lot of it seems to involve Clint Eastwood. Hmm. But at the same time, or bikes of some form, whether it's cycling or super bikes on this. <laughs> Mate, next, next Wednesday, like when AEW's on, they're literally are yeah. airing Lethal Weapon again in the 11 till midnight spot, and then it's the Sweeney and Minder. Ah, that's some good programming, <laughs> but... <laughs> but still, come on. But come on, yeah. yeah. Like, You'd think Save that like... for the next night. Friday no. seems Do like... Do we need to see John Four and Dennis Waterman at one in the morning when we could be watching Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks? The thing is, like, they're going to lose so many people to torrents and watch wrestling websites yeah. that, like, like you said, like, I, if I was them, I'd just... Okay, say you don't want to put it live. Maybe there's an expense there in putting it on live. Throw it on the VOD in the morning. Maybe that's just not a thing that ITV do in general. But like, maybe mm. you could do. I don't think. Ah, uh, the ITV hub is awful. It's not going to used it. Oh, I do use it. Yeah, you got to log in, haven't you? It's like the channel for mm. yeah. really I use it for the rugby world. Cup. I tried to watch Supermarket Sweep on there. It won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I watched on there was ITV World of Sport. I think uh, there's not much on the ITV uh, on the ITV hub. But like, they kind of like for me. You you're not going to be stealing any of your eight a.m. Sunday morning audience by yes. putting the VOD up early, or your Monday eleven p.m. squashed highlights version. Like you might as well you might as well take those viewers that are gonna go to the pirate sites, even if it's not a huge amount. It just it shocks me really that like yeah, we we go we're going it feels like we're going backwards. Like I think maybe JP being a bit older than you, Joe. I don't know if you were the same, Joe, but like JP, you're probably the same as me. This brings back memories of watching Roar and Nitro on a Friday when it was five days delayed and yeah. uh, you had to wait for the Cartoon Network uh, letters to to jump around and for Cartoon Network to close down and become TNT. I think at one point it was two weeks behind, wasn't it? And then it became five days behind, and we thought that was progress. Like this is going back to those days. This is like speaking of progress, five to seven days later. You get in, you get in the show, and they expect. I think the 
the misreading what the the audience is here. Uh, obviously, it's a good thing that they've got us a Saturday morning area airing because it's going to be good for maybe grabbing some kids and and you know making a, maybe an audience there. If if Jason, <coughs> you can probably answer this as well. If the kids watch watch TV on Saturday mornings, that's a <laughs> thing. But you haven't got that that you know, up to date airing that the the hardcores who are going to be watching this are, are going to want. Um, and I wonder how you how from an AEW point of view you make you make new fans. Yeah, it's a very outdated idea if you're working on the assumption of the kind of, if you're targeting a child audience, obviously the kind of kids that are watching it, you're talking possibly up to about the age of six, seven are actually watching it. Those kind of points at that stage, there is things like YouTube. There are various sort of apps and games that kind of come into it and they're kind of even the sort of media of children, I'm thinking of my own kids, it kind of ends up diversifying. So getting them to watch something like this at 8.20, especially if it's going to be edited to hell, mm. is going to be really, it's going to feel very disjointed. And in some ways, I'm getting like kind of almost flashbacks to the world of sport and the mm. way like not wanting to show strikes and the rest of it, in which case it's like, well, don't have wrestling then because mm. it's clearly not for you. Um, I don't think, I don't think at that time in the morning, I was looking through these schedules. There was only one thing I could see on a Sunday and it was, I think it was cycling and it was on, at about sort of half 10, which is a very different audience. Like 8.20 on a Sunday, I might be up because I tend to be up early all the time anyway, but to be honest, there's not many people who are. And you'll be watching the Andrew Marr show, mate. So, I will know. be watching the yeah. Andrew Marr And show. match of a day, probably. Well, at that stage, actually, the Rugby World Cup will still be on Ah, well. less of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I get having a morning show on a weekend. I think that's quite a good thing. Yeah. As a repeat viewing, mm. where you can try and find that possible crossover audience like you want the kind of the mm. the show for the hardcore audience like i don't know sky showing raw live or that's yeah. even raw on a friday night I and mean, then you want a live wire on a sky one at like at 11 a.m yeah. or something if you can like i get that as a strategy well there's but, been talk of this magazine program that's the per- that's, yeah that, like that's the, the live wire style program yeah yeah yeah, exactly. yeah that would make a lot of sense uh but yeah this is a bit of a shame really isn't it Mm. and yeah i think they are going to lose i think they underestimate how much of an audience they are going to lose to uh the pirates let's just say and that is an area in wrestling that never gets any coverage from any journalist they just don't Mm. acknowledge its existence so for years i'll be honest i've never had sky so for years i used to go on a mate's house and watch raw Uh, i'd get tapes of raw I mean, I couldn't watch Raw for a couple of years, and all my mates stopped watching wrestling. Then I got a good internet connection in about 2003-04, and I managed to watch Raw somehow every week for the longest time. Mm. There we go. Yeah. We all, like, I think we've had a discussion before about how, I think, being wrestling fans made us realize pirating was a thing sooner than you would if you were a fan of anything else. We're ahead of it. Wrestling fans are ahead of the curve. Well, that's the point, whether it's torrents that was the first place I discovered torrents from downloading <laughs> wrestling and that led me to maybe download other things as well and then streaming sites same thing there was 
watchwrestling.insertletters.here uh, websites. <laughs> That's kind of that wrestling's hard, and you can watch UFC on there. There's all kinds. Um, like, yeah, there's so many. You see some of the videos on some of those websites, and they do hundreds of thousands. I've seen I've seen millions before views on, on certain things that go up on those websites. So, I mean, obviously, that's not all UK, um, but it, it shouldn't be underestimated, kind of the, the problem. I think the other thing, though, is we will find a way to watch it, like as a hardcore audience. Like, I don't think I was ever going to be watching this live on ITV anyway. I think I was probably going to have got like a <laughs> something I do legitimately pay for, but I have a, a way and a means of, uh, <laughs> of watching uh, US TV as it's broadcast uh, through a official cable channels uh, that I, I'd probably if watch you it say on, so. on TNT. Oh, no, JP, my, my, if you, the actual border oh, no, I've around seen my it. house is, the, is actually part of the United States of America. I don't know if you knew that. It's kind of a, a thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> legally, There's anyway. too much going on on that big screen projector of yours at the time. <laughs> wait, I feel like 100... I'm just going to have a fit on the floor. It's like I, can't, I could never get my head around it. Yeah, well, I reckon right. Tony Khan must know this as a hardcore wrestling fan, though. Yeah, well, Surely he was into doing all the same same. Well, uh, shenanigans, mm. let's say, that we've been up to and oh, were up to years ago. Like, he must know. He probably does still, yeah. you know, to get certain tapes from Japan and things like that. So you want to watch you want to watch some retro ROH? Only way to do it's the torrent here. Like, he'll know Big Tone. And I think that's the thing. I think we'll all find the route to watch it. And from, like, the hardcore fan point of view, because we'll watch it anyway, like, I was... I was kind of saying this is, you know, a big blow. Like a, I think I characterized it as a body blow to AEW's kind of UK plan. Maybe that's a bit dramatic because at the end of the day, what have AEW said about what they want to do in the UK? They want to run a stadium or they want to do a big show here. And if their idea is to run, say, two big shows a year, which is what's been rumored, going based on like, you know, what New Japan did when they were in the UK the other week. You know, I said at the time, they they don't... Uh, I think they have 10,000 international subscribers worldwide. Never mind the 10,000 that were in the building for them there. I don't think... A, I think AEW could still come here twice a year and still fill a stadium, even without TV, or still fill, a, sorry, a big arena, even without <laughs> yeah. having that big TV. Obviously, there's the, the knock-on effect of, you know, that you want to create new fans and not just exploit the hardcore base that's out here. But I think as we've shown with TNA over the years, and as we've shown with... <laughs> With other maybe more hardcore promotions and that Brit Res boom that that came and went over these last few years, there is still the hardcore base is big enough that we're still going to support big shows and they're still going to have a base out here. It's just they're probably going to struggle to to reach beyond that. Um, you know, depending on whether you you believe that reaching beyond that was uh, was reasonable to begin with, anyway. Well, you'd think so, and I think the real disappointment in this, and you mentioned about TNA and TNA on Challenge, which always did very good numbers, regardless of anything else, just because it had that kind of wide coverage available on things like Freeview, not just on Sky. And this feels like, like you say about Bolly Blake, feels like such a massively missed opportunity. Yeah. Because being on ITV4, it may not seem like much in terms of the ratings themselves, but in at this period in time, the media market, the way that it is, being niche is king and having that strong niche market is king. And they would have been really on to something like this because something like ITV4, it's where these kind of, oh, not minority sports because the cycling isn't necessarily a minority sport, but is cycling itself has grown and thrived as a result of kind of being on TV a lot in terms of sponsorship and the rest of it. It's just that at that point in time, there's no way that they're going to be getting... I'd be stunned if they did anything close. To, it could be like sort of 30,000 viewers at that time of the day. And that what an absolute crying shame for that to be when it could be so much more if they were in a decent <clears throat> slot. 
Yeah, it's a it's, real, it's real, real shame. Shame. Yeah, that it's interesting you work TNA because I do think the whoever worked whoever was working at Challenge at that time sort of understood the appeal of wrestling and understood the audience that was out there for wrestling, especially that kind of more hardcore audience who were looking for alternatives to WWE. And it really does feel that wrestling at ITV has been completely mismanaged mm. um, with the world of sports stuff and now with AEW as well. Yeah, they got it on pay-per-view. That's a great step. But at the same time, it feels like the audience and the understanding of the audience that does exist and that is out there for this, especially that could do the type of rating that the shows that are broadcast around that time kind of get is not kind of respected and is not kind of treated with, like I say, the respect that it kind of deserves, if anything. You know what? ITV has been a shower of shit forever. Lowest common denominator television. I feel like people at ITV approach wrestling with sort of set preconceptions about it. They certainly did a Channel 5 back in the day as well, and they certainly did a Channel 4 back in the day as well. It's a shame that terrestrial broadcasts in this country can't get their shit together and do a little bit of respectable research where they look above maybe their Oxbridge privilege that got them into their TV executive decision in the first place. God, I'm on a populist rant tonight, aren't I? Uh, And had an actual kind of... I owe her respect and thought as to maybe speaking to some wrestling fans or some, I don't know, wrestling journalists possibly mm. and understanding the audience a little bit better because they might understand then that, yeah, this could do all right if they did put it on TV. Yeah, that's it. And I think I think maybe the, the replies to their, their tweets today might might help in that way just because I've it's nothing but people complaining. I saw voices tweet they haven't heard one person say a positive thing about this deal. Uh, and it's full of just people complaining that it's gonna it's gonna be that long and it's full of people complaining that we all mentioned TNA there. AEW at this point have got a worse TNA a worse T V deal in this country than TNA do than Impact do. And that is not something I would have predicted uh, coming into this point. And yeah, I, I'm guessing the blame's on the ITV side, but AEW did they didn't outright promise, but they did talk this deal up a lot. Um, yeah. And it's really, Look, mate, it's really it's, embarrassing. It's the channel that broadcasts Love Island <laughs> and it's just commissioned Love Island for a second second season every year, purely based on the ratings they're doing, while not realising the damage they are doing to young minds who are consuming this utter shite and taking it at face value. Like, they're an awful, awful channel. They always have been. Yeah, all right. I love the bill. I don't mind Coronation Street. Um, there have been the football uh, coverage has improved. I liked the Cook Report back in the day yeah. as well, but at the end of the day, ITV has always been shite. Look at some of the programming on there over the years. Look at some of the horribly racist, lowest common denominator sitcoms they broadcast over the years as well. It's a shower of shit, and it always will be. But they did Sorry. bring back Supermarket Sweep, Joe. True. <laughs> We'll but on ITV2, isn't it? Yeah. Look, they put Pierce Morgan on the TV and let him play a wrestling character every morning to try yeah. and shape public opinion in a kind of walking tabloid style, if anything. They put Jim Davidson and Bobby Davro on TV. Well, Bobby Davro was clearly drunk last week. ITV is a joke of a channel. Sorry. Agreed. So yeah, it's uh, it's not the the deal we were all hoping for, and yeah, maybe maybe we should have been looked at maybe what I how ITV have dealt with other sports and other similar properties and wrestling itself, uh, and maybe called this going in. But like, just this like very briefly because we've got so much to get to. Never mind our progress review, but like, 
going into the AEW's launch, this makes me feel a little bit negative. Obviously, we can't judge the product until it goes on TV before anyone jumps down my throat. I still can't help but watch these being the elite shows and, you know, Kenny's portraying himself as the biggest nerd in wrestling. But I get it, it's being the elite, so as long as that's not on TV, fine. Young Bucks are still booking all the matches on being the elite and talking about themselves as owners of the promotion. Not a big fan of that, so close to launch. Brandy Rose is still over all over fucking everything despite you know not having any talent whatsoever as far as wrestling goes okay I've, i'll concede that she was an okay ring announcer and she's an okay talking head on some of these shows but she's all over stuff how are you feeling going into the tv next week is it still a matter of wait and see uh, you're feeling positive you're feeling negative before they, they go live next wednesday i'm obviously inclined to say you've got to give it a chance but i won't lie like the enthusiasm has has dissipated mm. sort of really since double or nothing and then going on from there and it wasn't like fight a fest or what fight for the fallen were necessarily like i would say fight fight a fest was was okay and fight for the fallen there were parts of them just quite actively poor and so it's been going down since then i mean all out was was good mm. but but at the same time you know, you've, you've got to be hitting in all your cylinders here. And I'm not convinced by it at all. I've a horrible, horrible feeling that it's going to end up being a really convoluted mess. And that's my natural instinct is to think that's what it's going to be. I obviously hope it isn't for the sake of the industry as much as anything else. Because if they do well, we all know what the knock-on effects are because, you know, us having read his, history books about wrestling and having some sort of comprehension about it, realise that WWE are at that best when somebody is on their heels making them work. So that's the the kind of level of investment we have. It's like it's the rising tide lifts all all boats, doesn't it? Mm. So at the same time, you you're hoping for this to be good, but there are really really worrying signs because we're talking about serial TV as well. So you've got to have very clear defined narratives if you're going through there as well in order to have a hook for people to go on to next week. It's not different from other aspects of the TV industry. You've got to make sure that that you're all, that you know you you do stuff that it's in a good consistent way. And I don't have faith in them doing stuff consistently because that's the one thing about their shows that you don't come away with that is consistent because frankly they're a bit all over the place. Well that's WWE's problem as well. Yeah. Like when you look at the week to week booking over the mm. past however many years, there's no consistency there either, is there? No. Think about stuff getting forgotten every week. Think about storylines changing off screen, mm. characters changing. You'd hope they'd learn from that example in some way. This sort of stuff I I don't watch being the elite, but it sounds like it needs to be more joined up. And it sounds like there needs to be more kind of... Uh, it sounds like they need a continuity editor of sorts. Yeah, and this is the other thing as well, is they've had months to put these storylines into into plan, into plan play, haven't they? Hmm. Yeah, to actually do it's a long, the best part of a year. Yeah, and it's also split and, and kind of fractured, isn't it, like you say, JP? Because there's being the elite where, the you know, Kenny's going on wacky rants about NXT talent, and then there's mm. the Road 2 shows that are on Cody's own separate YouTube channel that are a bit more hard-nosed and serious and do make me somewhat positive of the type of stuff that I would like to see, where it's a bit more, despite the Brandy Road's presence, lots of, <laughs> lots of kind of more serious kind of 
selling of the shows and the stories and maybe not so much of the comedy but it is that that split vision that just makes me wonder what the tv is actually actually gonna look at but look like but yeah we should probably give them the benefit of the doubt and, and actually see how it looks uh next wednesday um and, and see how it actually all turns out um, yeah and that's we won't know until then will we no that's it and so the other thing that's kind of you know these wednesday night wars and moving things around apparently like i said earlier 205 live is going to be on fridays don't understand why that's not with nxt uh that that really should be in front of full sale that's the only way to save that show in my opinion nxt uk is moving to thursdays guys i know you'd uh, you'd want to know that uh but it kind of gives like a basically a full monday to friday of wrestling content impacts on tuesdays now now that they've got their uh, anthem of both their way into uh, to taking uh, essentially new japan's uh, access tv although new japan will still be on there for, for in the meanwhile but basically uh. yeah, monday to friday there's wrestling on like if there was ever a time to burn out your audience this is it i can't i think aw out of that entire list of shows at least for the first couple of months, I think AEW is the only one out of all those shows that I'm I'm going to be watching every week. Uh, never mind the likes of Beyond um, that have got their show on Thursdays and the likes of uh, ROH that you can catch at any point in the week, MLW that's uh, on the weekend as well. So much fucking wrestling out there. And from next week, it's only going to get even crazier. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Ben. AEW is <clears throat> the only show that I'm really going to have an interest in. I don't know how long I'm going to watch consistently for, mm. but for the first couple of months, I'm sure I'll be watching on a weekly basis, trying to sort of... It feels like a moment in wrestling history, doesn't it? So it feels yeah. like you kind of got to be there for yeah. it, if anything. The NXT stuff, I might dip it occasionally because you'll probably get some hot matches at the start, and it'll be kind of interesting to see what they do to rival the opposition show and all the rest mm. of it. But I probably won't be there every week. The rest of it, nah, not interested. Yeah. That's, That's it. it. You, mentioned, you mentioned about like 205 live i'm trying to think i may have watched two episodes yeah ben you say the only way it could be saved is at full sale what's to save it was dead anyway it was uh, dead from I the like start the, cruise, the cruiserweight classic was very good like if it was more presented like, oh, that, but that wasn't 205 live that was the cruiserweight classic that was something completely different who's one, watching 205 live yeah, you're right, but that's what it could be if you put it in full sale in front of a more hardcore crowd and people would pay more attention. I believe the matches are very good on it. I'm not watching it either, don't get me wrong, but I do hear the matches are good. They're just in front of yeah. dead crowds and booked to ship because it's it's kind of in the Vince scope of things rather than the Triple H scope of things. I'm not asking for another hour of wrestling to watch every week, so maybe it's not the worst thing from my point of that's view. It. Yeah. it just would make logical sense to me, JP. Well, yeah, it's, it, it, I can kind of get that and... <sighs> It does, I suppose, come back to the point of ultimately what was the aim of, of 205 Live. Mm. Uh, ultimately, it, it does kind of ex- doesn't exist in any kind of real sphere at all. And if you think one of the shows you're going to be dropping, it's definitely going to be up there. I think on principle, Raw mm. is always a, is a show that I kind of almost, I almost go actively out of my way. It's only when I'm listening to sort of review podcasts where mm. they talk about it. That's the only time I'm, I'm aware of stuff that's going when on. When was the last time you watched an episode of Raw? I don't even know if I've seen a clip from it for about three, four months. Mm. That's a clip gifts. on YouTube. That's about it. Yeah, I used to gifts. I used to turn YouTube on on the Tuesday morning and go through the highlights. I don't do that anymore. I don't care. Like I, yeah, yeah. The, the theme they burnt, me they back burnt us off. I think. Yeah. I mean, and it, and they're going to burn away more uh, people. Just, it feels like a complete content. irrelevance as yeah. well as a TV show. It, it's the, it's strange thing about the the WWE network is this is all lots and lots of content and one of the, the original complaints is there wasn't enough wrestling on there to kind of there, there was all the backdated wrestling but not sort of fresh wrestling on there it was a lot of like 
shite like that story time bollocks or the rest of that nonsense <laughs> when they try and do comedy and you just sit there with your head in your hands going i'm fucking embarrassed to watch this this is awful and you know now they're at the point where they've entirely sat they've got so much on there and there's going to be more to come when they get into the tiered system and you get the independent independent you get the co-opted promotions on there as well the ones that they actually own mm. on there and it's going to be so much but none of this is kind of like I don't know how much of a revenue driver all of this is going to be. I don't see how it's going to massively increase necessarily subscribers to it because I just think they're at that point where they are kind of really burning that ultra hardcore market so much. And, and it's like, that's the market that's there. That's their niche, but I can't ever see them expanding upon it. So yeah. it's content for content's <clears throat> sake. And at this stage, I find it hard enough to watch like good TV. Mm. So go to watch wrestling in front of, like you say, dead crowds. It's something I could just do without it. Yeah, that too. Right, we're in the midst of peak TV, JP. We're in the middle of fall season as well. Mind until so I still haven't, still haven't got through that. You know, all oh, kinds mate, of shows starting up again. Top awesome. Boy went back on Netflix. I've got too much to catch up on. The Wu Tang TV show, still watching that. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a struggle to cover all of this. So yeah, better <laughs> podcasts than us are going to be uh, still with their head in the trenches or watching Raw SmackDown and Two Hundred Five Live. But yeah, we're probably going to stick to the AEW stuff and maybe maybe a bit of NXT from my point of view. But that's about it, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving on. I mean, very very quickly, I wanted to mention as well before we get into uh, progress on some on some new Japan, a couple of uh, RevPro related news notes uh, today. Uh, another another one of those uh, Brit Res allegedly isn't dead, but also might be dead days. Uh, where Southside have have announced that they've got their uh, is it the nine year anniversary show it was the show they were supposed to be bowing out on it was their last show and they yeah. had an agreement to use uh, El Ligero, Joseph Connors I think the muscle cat was in there somewhere as well apparently Ligero and Connors are big Southside legends so I'll give them that um, yeah now that uh, Southside have this coincidentally have this relationship with Rev Pro Southside have uh, announced today that the the WB guys have been pulled from the show uh, they'd spent a bit of money on promoting them and uh, sorting it all out and following WWE rules and they didn't seem very happy uh i do kind of think well if you want to book to be guys this is probably also what's going to happen uh but i thought it was interesting that yeah this has come at, the t- at a time when we're obviously red pro taking over south side we don't believe that's that's happened yet but petty petty stuff from WWE. even if you you want to be one of those people who go well the WWE contracted guys so it's their prerogative and yeah i do get that point of view <clears throat> still you know it's el Ligero. It's the fucking muscle cat and it's Joseph Connors. Just let the yeah. lads work the match. Do you need the bad? Do you need the bad story and the bad PR? They pulled Walter from uh, from Tag League today as well. Uh, Did they? Yeah. Oh. Apparently that's scheduling, uh, which explains why uh, him and Ilya dropped the uh, WXW tag belts. So they went from. Did they? Yeah, they dropped them to Aussie Open a couple of weeks ago. They they went from oh, being yeah, the in the be, having a bye to the final because they were tag champions, uh, which completely ruined the whole tag festival kind of tournament idea because there's NXT ta- NXT UK tapings that weekend, and they moved the belt over to Aussie Open, and that was a little bit suspicious. And then yeah, now they t- today they've announced Ilya's still going to be there, but Walter isn't. Uh, a day of WWE pullouts. Um, some may be more serious than others, but. Especially that sort of, uh, you know, maybe with the Walter one, there's reason they're using him properly on NXT now. I kind of get it. It's a bit of a shame, considering he'd been advertised already for WXW. But come on, what fucking skin off your nose is it going to be letting Ligero and fucking Joseph Connors work outside? 
Well, RevPro are a threat. And, <laughs> of course, they are. You know, you know they're great turnaround at the moment and what form they've been on in 2019. Um, but, uh, well, it's to be expected. When is this Southside show? Uh, it's in, like, three weeks, I think. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Exactly ah, yeah. To me, it's, it's, no, it's no surprise. Of course, they've got a track record. Yeah. JP said it once today's show. If this is a surprise to you, read a fucking history book. Uh, yeah. I think that's all that needs to be said and to be honest with you because it's typical WWE move. Perhaps Southside and Rev Pro should have been a bit smarter about when they announced this deal and should have done it after this show had happened. But hey. Yeah, it's kind of like, I think that's probably, I'm guessing like behind the scenes and you know what, I'm wrong. It's the 26th. Oh, so, yeah, so it's a month away, the 26th of October. Uh, yeah, okay. they, they, they probably, I Originally, when this story came out, thought, okay, maybe maybe they've been blindsided by the Rev Pro thing. And for whatever reason, they hate Andy Q, and therefore that's the reason that they, they pulled the guys. But something I heard today, Joe, um, you won't mind me saying, Alan Cheapshot was putting it about on Twitter today as well. Apparently, people involved with the promotion and with involved with the show... I have been told that the reason that this has happened is that WWE don't want their wrestlers working on a show that's got anything to do with Andy Quilden after the way RevPro handled the Andy Wilde incident. Yeah. <laughs> Put any I stock think in WWE are using that as an excuse, aren't they? Yeah. Convenient it at this sounds point like bullshit, time. but it doesn't sound like bullshit as in that's not true and that's not what people are getting told because I believe it's a very reliable source this is coming from. I think it's, okay. bullshit in the, it's bullshit in the sense of, yeah, it's just kind of being used, isn't it? So there you go, that whole uh, Aaron Wilde thing coming back to uh, to haunt RevPro uh, yet again. But it would have been something that's... else, it wasn't that. That story in Brit Rest, the and in wrestling generally, stories come and go mm. like very quickly. I mean, news cycles very quick, and stuff gets people outraged for a day or so, and then they just forget about it. Mm. And trends on Twitter a bit. This one has stuck around, hasn't it? It really has stuck week, around. Isn't it? Like you said last like, week. Yeah, what, yeah. This is like the fourth show in a row we've mm. spoken about. I it. know, I know. I don't want to go into it in any detail because the video came out this week. They put Sizzler up and yeah. they left the footage in, and you get you see the whole body slam spot. You see Bodum hit, you know, a shot on the outside. Interestingly, you see Aaron Wilde taking bumps later that night uh, with Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki that I thought was a bit odd, but. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of putting that VOD out and leaving, not just taking that match out, has has kept this stink around. Um, have you both seen the clip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I it's think it's the, worse the... than I thought. I do think that. Yeah. I still think Shar isn't a shouldn't be you know tried like an axe murderer, and I think the punishment has been right. I do think though, watching the video back, he gets in the ring very quickly. There's no time for him to call a spot, and he just grabs him and does the body slam. I also think that Aaron Wild shits himself understandably sandbags him and that's probably the reason for the injury as safely as Shah tried to place him down not saying it's Aaron Wilde's fault I'm just saying that's what happened he clearly yeah. probably thought that Shah was coming into the ring to kill him um, and didn't seem ready to take the move in any way and obviously the bump went wrong uh, it changed my mind a little bit in that in that view but it did create a a bit of that, a secondary uh, shitstorm of, of people saying that it, it didn't look like Shah would Certain people were saying Shah didn't look like he was. He looked like he was trying to hurt him, but for me, he looked like he was trying to protect him once he got him up there in the body slam, even if maybe he had a bit of a rush of blood to the head when he did initially grab him. But it just made that story stick around, like the the bad smell it is. Uh, the commentary didn't help either. The commentary was 
burying the ref in some points um and a little bit odd that they, they kept uh i think they re-recorded either some or all of it uh i'm still unclear on, on what portions they did or they didn't and yeah red pro a little bit their own enemy are keeping this story out there yeah uh i saw it my opinion really didn't change on it to be honest with you uh we've spoken at length about it yeah you were there anyway look it? if 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 you you take yourself up for a body slam Shah should have trusted that the ref was on board with it. It's probably a lack of a relationship that he has with that particular referee, unfortunately. Uh, he's probably not been on many shows with that referee before. Maybe he should have gone for something else in hindsight. He probably regrets it massively as a, it's caused this. But I would have trust the referee if I was working with him that he'd be able to go up for a body slam and take it safely. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, then the guy clearly didn't try to take down Josh Bodum. Josh Bodum was lying about that. Mm. We saw the clip on the outside from a different angle. That was assault. Uh, yeah, let's just hope this goes away at this point and the referee kind of shuts up as well because he's not done himself any favours, I don't think, with the way he's handled this. And I'm just a bit bored of talking about it now, to be honest. So the only thing I want to know is I want to know what the injury is. Like I, I would like to know that to kind of judge it because it does feel. Like I also it. want to know what gifts he bought all those people who donated to his PayPal. Mm, yeah, that that's an odd one. Why didn't he just give the money back? Um, yeah, and I, I I do legitimately want to know. I feel horrible saying it, but I just like it, it feels like understandably as the victim of something like this, it's going to be an emotional response rather than a rational response. Mm. I, I wonder, you know, about considering he was taking bumps later that night and considering he was working camera work on the Sunday as well. I do wonder about the injury and the, the, the career and the nature of it, you know, even though I don't wonder about, you know, the obvious uh, effects uh, this has had on him. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, there still there are in. questions and doubts yeah. all over this, if you ask me. <laughs> and I wanted to go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we said that from the start as well. Look, I'm sure at some point he'll return the promotion. Don't know what it is, and he'll get a hero's welcome when he comes out as a referee because he was a victim. Mm, yeah, most likely, and it probably won't be Rev Pro. Um, and there are other promotions uh, that would that would probably suit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I see a lot of people kind of. Uh, I suppose like a, a bit of positive news that kind of came out of RevPro. There's a lot of negative surrounding them right now uh, from Summer Sizzler in general and just from the state of RevPro right now. But a bit more positivity in the air, I think. I saw you know people more talking about positive terms and wanting to travel to show shows again because of the announcement of the British J-Cup. Uh, as, we, as we said about Amazing Red, he's, uh, he's one of those people who he, he seems to retire every couple of years and then comes back. He's been talked into coming over. He's doing some New Japan shows this weekend as well, isn't he? And he's been talked into coming over for the J-Cup. Uh, I'm thinking of doing it. Uh, it's a Sunday. Uh, and it's a, it's an afternoon show, so I can hopefully get the last train back. Uh, so he's on there. El Fantasma is on there. Robbie Eagles is on there. I'm kind of hyped for that. Uh, and interesting that that, uh, that J-Cup show is, uh, is head-to-head with progress as well on that Sunday. Which is, uh, I don't know, maybe if... Uh, could create the, a, a good idea of uh, where we stand in the Brit Res landscape right now, uh, depending on the, how mm. the promotions draw. Yeah, I suppose it's a choice of uh, Amazing Red, an indie legend, an innovator, um, or Spike Treve. Take your choice. 
<laughs> you know what? I think I'll take Amazing Red any time. I know where I'll be. I like the fact that Amazing Red has used the hype the Will Ospreay match has got to get himself a load of bookings all over. <laughs> um, yeah. He's yeah. never retired. Yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting, isn't it, that Will Ospreay managed to get him over again and get him another kind of... Maybe this is a proper final run as a result of yeah. that match. Who knows? I'd be cool to see him at your call. That's all I'll say for that one. I don't expect that one to draw well. I can see a half M. I can see sort of six, seven hundred in your call for that. Mm. M to your call is quite nice, actually, at times. I was <laughs> um, going to say. So I won't complain too much. I haven't bought my ticket yet. Probably the first your call show ever that I've not bought a ticket for on the day of release. Mm. I'm sure I'll get it at some point. But yeah, I didn't feel any great urge to go and buy a ticket on the day of release yeah I'm, I'm kind of the same way i mean for me it's it's like it's, this is where i am now with a lot of with a lot of promotions they're gonna have to earn my money mm. they're gonna have to actually put on putting some interesting shows and interesting cards amazing and red and robbie point, eagles for me are enough i think robbie eagles has looked great when i've seen him live and yeah. i've really enjoyed his work this year i think he's well, gone from strength to strength i'd like to see him in this i think he should win it if anything, I'd like to see him in the tournament because I'm yeah. sure he'll sure do some really good stuff in there. I was going to say, you mentioned the fact that I haven't seen Eagles live. I don't think yeah, I've seen Red live. You saw him over the New Japan. Oh, weekend. sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course. Did you go to but the like, Universal Uproar, JP? Because Red was on that, wasn't he? No, I didn't go to that. Oh, right. And Tessa Blanchard's on this one mm. as well. Yeah, it's oh, a good addition. Now, again. Giselle Shaw as well. Wow. It's the Southside women's division, isn't it? As <laughs> much. Yeah, but yeah. Oh. Gis- do you know who the Southside champion is? is no. Benji. Valhalla Rob Lynch. Oh! <laughs> he did a promo the other day saying that he was coming to save Brett Rez, and I believe him. Title for title versus Zach. Oh. Headlining York Hall, how do you make that? Is he still wearing like his big boss man security guard like attire? think so he looked Brilliant. like just a bloke in the pub to be honest in the uh, in the video that i saw i think he's you know what there were mixed reports weren't the jp on who the actual champ because Southside is a promotion that's so under the radar the cage matches are entirely accurate uh, maybe someone could reach out and tell us for certain but i'm pretty if he's not the champion now he very recently was and he's a prominent guy in Southside. i don't know i think I, i'm well up for a uh, battled battery tested slash valhalla rob lynch in uh, in rev pro maybe he could be the uh, the savior we all want Imagine if they did a title unification match and Tanahashi was still the champion. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have, I'd rather have uh, Valhalla Rob Lynch in his uh, Tomohiro Ishii knockoff gear against Big Tom Ishii. That's the dream. Ah, look, mate, if he was facing Tanahashi, you've got an absolutely world-renowned superstar against a man who's just been shopping in Primark. <laughs> that's that's the that's what you contended with there. Just nah. It's wild. It's so, it's somewhat worrying that they didn't know who their champion was, or it wasn't known, or unless there's some sort of unofficial what goes on in Stevenage and Saint Neots stays there, and yeah. no fucker talks about what happens See, at the show. I'm looking on Twitter now, and there's other reports saying Erie. There's another one saying Sean Custom. Could be any of the lads, really. Not a good sign, is it? <laughs> yeah. But, Ninth you know. anniversary shows the champion. Fuck knows. So a rumble. All right. Why not? There you go. Jesus. You could do that. Jack Sexsmith and Sticks were apparently the tag champs. Sexsmith's retired, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know. What's, what's Andy Quilden got himself into here exactly? <laughs> it, it's it, it, I'm not I'm not filled necessarily like, well, yeah, what what a weird company. See, I've wondered if this is the way David Starr gets back into Rev Pro. 
Is David Stein even to do a south side? Not that I know of, but you could no. do it. He could, he could be Shane McMahon on that Shane show. McMahon. <laughs> yeah. I'm up for it. That I'm well work. up for it. Let's do it. Appear, appearing on what? On, on YouTube Live. Erwin <laughs> himself in the ring. I'm up for it. In a Hawaiian chair. On the chair. 24th, they should be running a show in, on the 24th of, of November, then in that case, from Cambridge, to try and get it up onto the big screen. Quilled in, in the middle of the ring. Yeah, I'm up for it. Cambridge yeah. and Portsmouth, possibly. But if they got a Portsmouth show before, even got more glamorous location. <laughs> See, a man punched a horse after the Saints Pompey game yesterday. <laughs> Wait, what? He was doing the Lord's work, was that man? He was thinking of me punching Pompey based horses. Was it you? A man punched a horse no. after Southampton game. It's you. It, it, mate, I'm not. I'm not an animal abuser. I don't like horses. But I'm not going to beat him up. But, you know, it's a Pompey-based horse, so it's a skate horse, number one. And he got beaten by a scammer. So, you know what? Fuck the horse. <laughs> not literally. Yeah, you're not Tony Khan. That's uh... <laughs> <Ass> dogs. <laughs> Get it right. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> I don't know where to go. Oh, who draws better, Progress or Red Pro, quickly, before we move on to the Progress review? Well, Progress will probably do 700, so... Rev probably got more of a ceiling. I'd say I'd say progress. Uh, I'd hope that there's enough drawing power, the likes of the New Japan guys, they might get in that Rev Pro can draw around the same number. Mm. I could see it even and out at about 700, 700. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I thought I you were going to say New Japan lot there. That's, that always makes me smile whenever I hear that. I think depends on the New Japan lot. Uh, yeah, I, I think it just depends for me on who, who Rev Pro gets. Oh, Scroobius Pip. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that famous sorry, Peter. <laughs> yeah, but if they can get, if they can do something, if they can do something and get some names in, I could see Rev because because Progress have got the upper limit and because they've not been selling out anyway. I don't know. I still feel like Rev Pro could outdraw, um, but yeah, I guess we'll see. It'll very much depend on the lineups. But speaking of Progress, should we do our review? Yeah, go on. You both watched it today. The Ali Pali, big show of the summer, still chasing. Mm-hmm. Apparently that happened. Uh, I mean, we can't really talk. Gareth was on Graps and Claps this week, and I've got an apology for Gareth as well, but he did give us some grief. He was saying that, uh, you know, we give progress grief about their five to seven days, and here we are two days late with a podcast. But I will say, you know, progress here with this show, how many days did it take them? Eight days? Nine days? And they're the reason we're delayed anyway, so I feel like it's all progress's fault anyway. Uh, but yeah, it did. It's be very on brand for that to be the case. <laughs> it 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 doesn't feel like it's a there. no, and it, it doesn't feel like a, a show. A huge amount of people are, are sitting through. Like I say, both you guys sat through it today. I watched it last night. Uh, I've wrongly been attributing uh, quotes to uh, to Paul Gareth as saying that he enjoyed the show. He only went to Natural Progression series. Uh, I think I misread one of his tweets. So apologies to Gareth. Uh, but I'd, I'd heard some relatively positive reports uh, from the Ogdens and from, from other people about this show. But as far as the VOD goes, it's been pretty silent, uh, both for this and for Summer Sizzler, to be honest, from a Rev Pro point of view. I think the longer you take to put this shit out on VOD, mm. the, the less you're going to be part of the overall conversation. We just talked about how much TV, wrestling TV there's going to be. Like, to stand out from the crowd, JP, it's tough, isn't it? After... To, after after years of us moaning about John Briley doing the editing for progress shows and it taking five to seven days, apparently he let go of the reins. Somebody else does the editing now, and instead it took longer, eight, nine days for this show to come out. I just think, yeah, you, you kind of just get... Although it maybe gives people more time to watch, it just 
you get lost in the conversation, lost in the shuffle, don't you, by uh, by doing this? It is, and it's not. <laughs> it sounds funny. This is not meant as a dick. I mean, it's obviously the Rev Pro's kind of editing and production has completely gone to shite over the last couple of months in like quite a dramatic drop off in terms of getting it I, out. I think that's just a picture of the company generally, yeah. let's be honest, at this point in time. Whereas, you know, in that environment, it feels like the eight to nine days isn't yeah. necessarily the worst. But the reality is, is that the kind of interest and the buzz on this stuff you've got to be looking at really no more than a couple of days. And Rev Pro used to be on that. They really yeah. did. Can I just make a point about Rev Pro? Do you know when they started going downhill this year? When the great Okan left. It was all downhill <laughs> yeah. from there. When we never got that Okan MK McKinnon match. The yeah, big hat, it is. The big hat eating step match. The great Okan's great disappearance mm. and great silence has led to months of quite poor Rev Pro stuff, let's be honest. Rev Pro jumped the, the shark. When, when Okan stopped coming <laughs> in, get o- Oh, the <laughs> great Okan. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> we we were debating what's happened to him. Mm. We were debating whether or not he's just. In my case, I just thought he maybe just found the woman in Portsmouth, and that's it. I thought he'd give this wrestling lark up. Perhaps he was punching horses in Portsmouth last night. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, maybe progress. Yeah. Um, so the eight to nine days doesn't necessarily seem like the worst as a result, but the problem is, like you say, everything gets lost very much in the shuffle. So as a result, when watching this today, it's one of these shows where we're watching kind of out of obligation mm. because we're doing the podcast, so mm. we have to see it. So we get around to seeing it, and the first thing you see is like nearly four hours, and you're like, fuck, <laughs> mate. Like four, well, this isn't happening tonight. We weren't in. We didn't get started watching this until like seven o'clock. Yeah. So there's stuff in it that we had to just kind of completely skip oh, over. That so Proteus we... Rumble goes an hour. Like, that's immediately a skip. Fucking shit. Yeah. What I saw of that was absolutely awful. Mm. Yeah, Do you want to talk was... about that match now? No. <laughs> it was fun for the the live or the entire margin and they got all their big spots in and they got everyone got everyone got a bit of a a shine but yeah a rumble match like this with your b teamers doesn't really translate to vod i wouldn't say um i don't know yet you want to talk about it in broad strokes you want to go through the match by match we can probably do the match by match relatively quickly and we can jump over Mm. the stuff that maybe uh, we haven't all seen yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you're so excited the to review. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I'm feeling apathetic. It was Jim Spawman's last big show, mate. You got a a part of a six month retirement tour. It was a big moment, no? No. Well, they got two thousand in, so that's one thousand three hundred friends. He's never going to see again, I guess. Uh... <laughs> I mean. This is the, yeah, the, the thing with this, with the best big show, it's like if progress is still doing its thing by next summer, he'll obviously have popped down and will appear on a show as well for that. Will we? Oh, he will. If it's oh, right. Around. I thought you meant me and you. I thought, oh, I don't think we've so. been employed by progress all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, was... I take the paycheck. <laughs> I don't see that ever happening. I really, yeah. Well, you know, come and get me if you want me. I'll, I'll take Jim's place. <laughs> Maybe after the football game. Perhaps they could do like guest hosts like Rawdick because all of their other tropes and booking strategies are taken from WWE. Oh, uh, let's be honest. If you want to do like guest slots, get us in as like the grappled (laughs) celebs and, you know, we could do a guest host in one one day at the ballroom. Boot out the building. I'd be up for that. 
we do more <laughs> listeners than they than they do attendees at the ballroom. So you know, there's that too. Um, well, we've got a thousand friends at the moment. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, Smallman, like I thought he was unbearable on this show. I thought the commentary was unbearable as well. Like, but we always say that about program. Like, we're just going to be saying all the same things we always say, aren't we? Like. Obviously, Glenn's my mate, and obviously Matt Richards is as well, but he was fucking awful on this show, the shouty commentary. Oh, I was loving Glenn. Were you loving it? Are you you turned on Glenn? It was um, when Cara Noir was wrestling, and he said, what was it he said? British Swan Style. British Swan Style. I was like, (laughs) ah, good work, Glenn. Yeah. See, he's coughed at you and not me. That that just uh, shows you sort of... Uh, yeah, I thought he was awful, to be honest, throughout the night. Uh, I just found it an obnoxious watch. I watched pretty much the whole thing with some <laughs> skipping done in the uh, one-hour Proteus Battle Royal uh, rumble, sorry. But I just didn't find it an enjoyable watch. I thought it was a slog. I thought it didn't really feel like a progress show. I don't know what a progress show is anymore. There are positives, like you know things they did about slotting in some of the guys from Natural Progression the night before. I think mm. Things they should be doing, whether they're doing them all well or not, is something that can be up for discussion. But, you know, we can talk about that as well. But, you know, there are some positives. I mean, one positive, you know, the opening match. I thought Zach Gibson's promo was great. Uh, I'm not sure yeah, about the moment agree with that. for that tag, but I enjoy him as a promo. And I, to be honest, I do enjoy watching him and Drake work as a team. I love their double teams and I love their their counter stuff that they do. Um, they kind of they've got these spots that they kind of slot into every match, no matter what team they're in, with the you know two in one in one out type of stuff. Uh, I thought that that match was relatively fun, and I did think yet yeah, that uh, that Gibson promo uh, about Smallman having better places to be was uh, was fire at the start as well. Oh, that was great. I did laugh at that a lot. And I thought, like, what song were they doing, like, an imitation of? Because it seemed like it was a parody or something, but I couldn't work it out. Hmm. But it was bloody funny. And, yeah, Jim Swarman was in L.A. this weekend at Bowler. So he was in better places, making 600 or 700 new new friends or however many people they have there. So good on him. But, yeah, it was a great promo. Um the match was good, I thought, mm. for what it was. is like an opener, sort of quite energetic, good spot match. Mm. Scotty Davis got over really well. I thought Devlin looked great throughout the match. I thought he was the best guy in the match. Um, a nice moment. And uh, <laughs> on a show full of moments. It was. Yeah, it was like... I mean, I don't hate Scotty Davis and Devlin together as a team as a way of establishing Davis at first. I'd move him mm. away from it quickly before he gets Finn Ballard. That's a big thing for me. But I thought, yeah, I thought it was fine enough. It was, a, again, the match was at its best when Gibson and Drake were in there. And I thought it was a good way of, you know, getting Davis over and establishing him. And apparently Money in the Bank cash-ins are just a thing in progress now. I think we just have to accept it. Uh, and yet they, they got a got a big moment out of it, JP, with, the, with your boy Scotty Davis. Yeah, they did. And it was good. And it was the kind of opening tag match that, that it seems, it's, we talk about tropes a lot. These days, it seems like a very common trope to have that. It's kind of hot multi-man tag match to open it up. But it was, everyone felt like they were on point. The crowd were as invested in this as they seemed like they're invested for most things on this show, to be honest with you. But um, Scotty Davis are very, like, the poten- the 18 years old and the potential is out there. Um, you just sort of wonder, what is he going to be able to do, whether or not, WWE are not going to go anywhere near him until, until he's 21, so he's got this kind of three-year period. And he shouldn't go anywhere near them for a exactly. long time. He should go nowhere near there. But there is such... I mean, 
Japan would be one of the things mm. that some you'd like to see him doing and just like working necessarily the style he does. And we're obviously going to tie it in somewhat with the NPS and mm. I haven't seen all of it. I've seen sort of like the first half of it, but I did really enjoy Scotty Davis, Gene Money and Davis. Obviously we've seen enough on o- o- OTT shows. So in terms of the fresh faces that they, people have introduced, I think they've done a good job with Scotty Davis. Mm. Yeah. This this was but like you say, you don't want to see him them tagging for too long. They kind of want to move away from this and then yeah. get Davis. I don't think he'll get substantial. Ballard, like you said though, Benno, because I think the problem with Ballard is and um Devlin, they look kind of similar. They've Who got the same, the same as well. body size, mm. body shape, mm. some similar shape similar shape heads as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, they almost look like carbon copies of each other. Obviously, I think Devlin is far superior to Balor these days, but I don't think Davis and Balor have those similarities at all. So I've, I think Davis is very much his own man at this point in time. So I don't see a danger of that happening in the same way that it happened to Devlin, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, and that's it. And I think it's a it's a safe way of maybe not pushing Scotty Davis too far down people's throats by hiding him in a tag team until the progress fans are familiar with him. So no, I don't think it's a quite the negative that maybe you know Devil and living in in Ballas Shadow was. But I did I thought it was a we're starting off positive here, guys. What's going on? I thought that was a positive. I thought the next match again, Cara Noir, someone who got over on the Natural Progression series show, you know, another big moment. Uh, obviously, coming out to face Pete Dunne, but. A smart one, I thought, to get another new character over. I thought, I mean, I gave, I don't know if you've grapple rated any of these. Yeah, yeah. I gave the opener three. What did you give that? Three and a half. I went three and a half on that. All right, you're higher than me, and I I was praising it, so maybe I've gone a bit low on that. But I gave Karen Noir and Pete Dunne 3.75. It was my favourite match of the night. I love the work in it. Pete working over his feet and some of Noir's, like, really really interesting counters that he does with like the, the handstand and all, all of that kind of stuff uh, he's, he's very different the way he moves in the ring both from his entrance as as you guys have seen live at riptide uh, mm. down to the way he moves in the ring that entrance by the way did not look anywhere near as good with the uh with the money and the big budgets and the uh the big uh spectacle of a uh, progress behind it kind of surprising that they didn't uh quite live up to the uh to the riptide uh, standard with that but i thought it was a good match i didn't like him tapping out at the end. I kind of understand why he's got to lose a match, but uh, it did look a little bit improvised as well, so I don't know if that tombstone was supposed to be the finish anyway, but I didn't love that, but all in all, I thought it was maybe not a star making forwards car in a while, but a, a good establishing performance in progress and a, and a so- very, very solid match, probably my favourite of the night. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I went three and a half stars. It was my joint favourite of the uh, show, hmm. or what I saw of the show, along with the tag match. I think I would have gone higher if Cara Noir got that star-making performance. And I thought it was a real shame that they didn't go that little bit further with it and try and highlight him uh, as a sort of uh, getting over in sort of a great losing effort. I don't think they quite did that. I think Riptide managed to do that. I think Pack. Uh, did that and gave him more in that match they had. Yeah, they got a bit more time. Yeah, it was the main event as well. But I thought progress maybe could have gone a little bit further with that. I think Pete Dunne sometimes wrestles in quite a dominant style. And at times, I don't think he is that diverse in showing vulnerability. And think about how often Pete Dunne mm, sort of sells consistently during his matches 
and gives guys long periods of offense where he properly sells for them and gives them like big near-fall moments where he looks in peril. I think Pack has done a much better job of, of that this year. That's what I say with the Oku match, we mm. made him, then with the Caranoir match as well. And I think that's a bit of an issue with Pete Dunn as a guy, if I'm honest with you. I think Pete Dunn makes out that he's a lot more generous than he actually is a lot mm. of the time um, and thinks that he's done a lot more for the British wrestling scene than maybe he has done. And that's not to say he hasn't done anything because he quite clearly has. But I don't think he's made as many guys as he would have you believe and others would have you believe as well. Mm. And I thought here they could have gone a little bit further and got Caranoir over as a star. And it was a good performance. Like you said, establishing performance maybe should have been a star making performance on a show where they needed to put new guys on the map in a big way when they were featuring them. Because let's be honest, what they were featuring here was a lot of guys with star power from elsewhere. And Cara Noir was one of the only guys that they were featuring who was new, fresh, and they can book long term. And they did an okay job, could have done a better job with Mm. them. Yeah, I agree with that. How about you, JP? Did you like him on that session series? I did, but again, I've, I've only kind of got halfway through on it. Um, but I enjoyed the match with Dan Maloney um, from, from on that one on there. I thought that was that was perfectly fun. I thought there was some good stuff in that. Um, Driller yeah, killer kind of, Dan Maloney. Driller killer Dan Maloney. Big Abel Ferrara fan, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, no one's going to get that. I think Dan Maloney prefers Bad Lieutenant. Well, in, in the canon of Abel Ferrara films. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to Cara Noir. Um I yeah 3.75 for me this was the best match on the show um but of the matches that I've seen but to be honest with you it still didn't I mean he kind of really picked up more towards the end I I still thought and I, I kind of agree that like I mean and obviously there's the live bias of being there for the pack match but what that seemed to do in, in that environment uh, they got a lot of hype on well. VOD as well that pack match though I think yeah, it yeah. translated yeah it did it did and I think it might be it something really- here where Maybe it did for this. Maybe it just didn't seem to translate as much. But you could tell it's it's really good. And as a worker, Cara Noir seems, to, in the times I've seen him, it's, he is very, very good. Mm. And he is going somewhere with it. And he's someone of this kind of next crop of people that a lot of companies need to be kind of investing in as mm. someone to, to have around. Can I just ask, though, going back to the Pete Dunn match, when have you ever seen Pete Dunn look vulnerable in a match, character-wise? Because I just can't think of a proper extended period where you know I've what? seen that in a match with him. He should have in the Walter matches, and he never did. Exactly. Yeah. That's one of the big points, I think. And I think the layout of those matches yeah. was kind of backward. And I think he wrestles like a guy who's bigger and has more size than he does. And I think that is one of his biggest downfalls in ring at times. He needs to be a tiny bit more generous and adapt a little bit more. And I don't think he does that anywhere near enough. Definitely not. It's um, why he's not in that kind of upper level, if you ask me, with say an Osprey or a Zach or a Tyler Bate. And I think in his day when he was performing properly, Marty Scale as well. I wouldn't put Pete Dunn quite up there with him. What's, what's Pete Dunn's great matches this year? You know what I mean? People might say those Walter matches. I wouldn't. What are his great matches in the last 12 no. months? It sounds going to sound mental. This is probably one of them. This, Ask yes. Pete Dunn. Yeah, yeah I bet sure Pete Dunn's got loads. Oh, yeah. He was mildly on Twitter. Despite the Southside news breaking, he was on Twitter going on about because uh, Tyler Bate turned up in uh, Tuesday Night Graps last night. Uh, he, he just he quote tweeted that and just put Brit Res. I was like, yeah, mate, fuck off. 
with your Brit Res isn't dead bullshit. I should have trademarked Brit Res is dead, shouldn't I? I could have made some money. Yeah, these, uh, I was going to say, Gibson's, Gibson's promo felt like it was a shot at you. <laughs> I don't think I'm on his radar. Why would, in what way? The opening bit where he was talking about critics in like, did he say something about hipster critics or something? In Did he say something about check shirts, drinking craft beers out of a tin, talking <laughs> to him, criticizing something and saying Brit rest is dead. That's oh, no. not verbatim at all. But I was like, is this a shot of Benno? Because obviously <laughs> you've got more of a profile than me and JP have. Well, both of you also wear check shirts and stuff. Yeah, but no one knows who I am. Benno's got his... Well, it's I, not me. I was very supportive of Fighting Spirit trying to get a, a new school in Bootle, so I hope it's not me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, the Brit Res is dead thing. I'm, I'm taking credit for that. I started that movement, and it's definitely dead. Um, yeah, never. <laughs> and it really touched a nerve, didn't it? Oh my! The amount of when you've got Valhalla Rob Lynch coming out and saying Brit Res isn't dead in promos and fucking the the, the laundry <laughs> list of people coming out with their list of mid carders that allegedly prove Brit Res isn't dead, and your fucking social club workers pointing to two hundred attendances going, "See, Brit Res isn't dead." I saw people doing that about Tuesday Night Graps today because they sold out two two hundred seat uh, standing shows in Manchester. There you go, Brit Res isn't dead. Yeah, I mean it was always tongue in cheek, but if it, you know, yeah, I don't think that really proves anything either. Sorry, rant over. I don't think it was about me anyway. I hope not, because that check shirt thing could really be anybody in that crowd. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, I, mean, yeah. I mentioned Tyler Bank there because the next match was, was Riddle, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee against Mustache Mountain. I feel like life's too short to break this one down. This was a WWE offer match. The Broberg spot was fun. We've got over there. That was amazing. Hit the spear and Jackhammer. Couldn't care less about the rest of the match, though. But that was fucking brilliant. On your advice, we stopped immediately after that, and it seems like we we kind of dodged a bit of a bullet. And that says a lot. It kind of hurts me internally to think we're skipping rap, Matt Riddle matches quite <laughs> casually in this way. But that, yeah, the the Broberg stuff was was top notch. Mm. Not quite up with him doing the talking about Goldberg on that watch along thing. That that might be the high watermark of the stuff he does. That's the best WWE talking segment, if you ask me, since the CM Punk pipe bomb. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean Goldberg's working yeah. angles with Zach Zach Ziggler? Dolph Ziggler in a in nightclubs. He should be working these angles with Matt Riddle. I, I want to see that match now. <laughs> yeah. They had like a push the shoving match that they were kind of trying to work a shoot or work a work and yeah. famous they continued that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think it's. I think I think they called it themselves. Uh, I don't think there was much to it. Uh, okay. But anyway, yeah. I, I mean, I gave it two and a half on Grapple, so that tells you everything. The average is three point oh nine, and there's Jesus. a lot of progress hardcores in the uh, the thirty five people who've rated it so far. So I think that's probably about a fair rating. Skip that match. Not worth it. But watch the opening spot. Yeah. Fair enough. Did you watch Miko and Jordan Grace? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I expected not. I watched the, uh, the promo video where Jordan building up the match on her own was kind of fun. Kind of, you know, going through all her opponents and, and talking about why yeah, they uh, they couldn't beat her and setting up the Miko thing. But as soon as Miko Satomura came out to what I assume is a NXT music, I almost wanted to turn it off at that point. It was just, you know, just oh. fuck off, you shit cunts with your crap fucking video. I mean, surely, I mean, there's like I mean, the gay girls music. Sure, surely you can. That's not 
overly copyrighted music. Surely you can at least let the live audience have Miko come out to her song, which is fucking a legendary wrestling theme that I knew of before I'd even seen a Miko match. Like, you have Miko Satamura on your big show and you give her that fucking shit to come out to. It put me in a bad mood immediately. The match itself was fine. I gave it 2.75 on Grapple. It was... It was fine, bordering on boring. It was a big moment with this alleged, well, alleged now progress legends of Miko Satomura, who they've not booked in the, the two years they would have had access to her, um, going over for the big moment. At least maybe she'll be around a bit more than Jordan Grace's, maybe the, the saving uh, thing for that match. I suppose John Briley's dreams came true from watching all those Joshi tapes over the years, eh? and he finally got to book Miko. So, you know, good on him for all his Joshi dreams coming true about the range and diverse sort of quality of wrestling he's watched over the years. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Time was SmackDown in 2007. <laughs> Where we all started, Joe. That's how we all got into wrestling, isn't it? Yeah. Gatekeepers us. Gatekeepers were the best. saying, fuck that giant barber stuff. Yeah. Didn't that? Mid mid two thousand SmackDown, that's where it really, that's where the action really fucking at. I felt like the crowd was full of mid two thousand SmackDown fans as well because they just didn't seem hugely familiar with Miko's stuff either. Um, yeah, it was fine. She'll be a good progress women's champion if they can Mate, both going forward. But let's go back to the crowd a second. There was a comment I said to Joe earlier on, and it was it was something about I don't know what it is, how the crowd was reacting, but at points I was kind of reminded by like a CZW crowd. Mm. looking at this like there was a, it was weird it was very very weird it was like a kind of do you know like kind of i would say unnaturally into things at times yeah i agree forcing it yeah yeah mm. yeah yeah like, uh, i know I, who this I, is i know i'm supposed to cheer for me because she's yeah. a legend i've been told yeah that is the worst sort of reaction when i've been to shows where there's forced reactions i find my i find myself like not being less into the show as a result of people forcing themselves to like stuff because they feel that they should like stuff. That's the worst sort of reaction because you're in denial mm. and you're not admitting that you are in denial about something mm. that is taking place and it makes the problem worse. And think two years ago, we were saying this about progress mm. and people who now are very much like, yeah, progress is shit. It's been shit for a while. Knew it was back then but they didn't want to say it was, let's be honest, because they were still trying to force it. And yeah, this was kind of peak forcing reactions, forcing themselves to to like stuff. Their progress crowds are just nah at this point. So not for me. It was a weird kind of... Send into a field in Delaware. <laughs> I think I'd have a good time there. I'd enjoy it. Um, yeah, they kind of... It was weird because... Ali Pali never comes across well on VOD. I always hear you guys. Yeah. Like, you give us the live report and then I'll watch it on the VOD and like the noise doesn't travel. It's echoey. It's a weird sized kind of mid-tier big-ish building. Uh, it doesn't come across anyway and yet yeah, it did feel like the crowd were muted in part throughout the night and yeah, maybe. I, I do get your point about maybe some of the reactions feeling a bit forced too. That was that was kind of it and you've kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like seeing those shows from Ali Pali they just become harder and these kind of big shows are just getting hard like it's almost they're getting harder and harder to watch mm -hmm. and it's not you know for the most part it's because there's a lot of things where i'm just kind of ambivalent to it as i'm seeing it and at the same time i don't know there's just it's sort of leaving me cold yeah it's kind of how i am i mean if i'm summing up a review of the whole show at this point yeah for the stuff i've seen 
I've, I've just been left almost entirely cold. But a couple of things, that was good. And then move on. It's a shrug of the shoulders. It is very yeah. much a shrug of the yeah. shoulders. It doesn't mean anything, yeah. does it? Like, I'm, no. about, well, there's only two matches to talk about now, the Rumble and Star versus Walter. This feels like a show that's missing, like a, a proper progress blood feud or like, you know, a big match between two progress regulars, but I don't even know who you'd put in it because there isn't anyone, like... N- those are often been shit when they do them at Ali Pally, though. That horrible yeah. Jimmy Abbott Paul Robinson match. I, like I was thinking... I didn't hate that one. Like, the idea of, I don't know, let's say, for people they had access to, like, just a, a Travis Banks-Tyler Bate match. Let's Travis Banks is cold. I know, but Tyler that's... Tyler Bate's that's not the really a progress thing. guy anymore, so he doesn't really fit the bill And that's, that's it, yeah. But there's... Yeah, and this is one of the things. The, 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 the rumble we saw bits went to but there were people who appeared in this and I was like I'd much sooner see them in a single oh we started this rumble (laughs) and it was just shite the booking cliches were obvious from the moment it started they're just but it's basically like a tribute to oh, I really like Royal Rumbles. I've watched yeah. a lot of them. I'd really like to book one. So from day one in your first Royal Rumble or Proteus Rumble, sorry, you use the old number one starting from the bottom cliche. Well, I suppose Paul Robinson did start from the bottom and then he got there <laughs> to the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just bad. You don't do that in the first rumble you do. And you do it with Paul Robinson? Love all the people to do it with. I'm sorry. I know you've turned him face in some weird roundabout anti-union way which is just bizarre (laughs) in many ways but I suppose they are in align with WWE so maybe it does make a little bit more sense punk rock pro wrestling huh? Um, But at the same time Paul Robinson is not the guy that goes that far in a rumble. You do it with a proper 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 underdog you've established as an underdog over a long period of time like you do it with an osprey in his prime you do it with say travis banks when he was coming up through the ranks in progress you don't do it with paul robinson and it just took me out of the match completely and also you know what that fucking shite music that they kept playing throughout this match (laughs) jesus christ what is some of these Absolutely oh, the awful noise. Ah, oh, what is the point in even having music when no one recognizes anything? Like it's just so fucking bad, and it just kills my mood. It just makes me kind of annoyed watching it. Mm. And then I just said to JP, "You know what? Let's just get through this because this is shit." So we kept running through. Spike Trevay was in there at one point. Shrug of the shoulders. Great. Danny Duggan, I Danny saw Duggan, in there at one point. Heel of the weekend. No. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's amazing. Like we praised them earlier for getting you guys over, and I maybe jumped the gun by judging natural progression stage based on the spoilers coming through. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, I watched this show yesterday. Danny Duggan shit the bed. He wasn't over in any way. They booked him in. They booked him to be this top heel on the night because of his look. He's clearly headed to WWE down the line, guy. Um, but he's shown nothing that 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 made him deserve another spot he got on the Natural Progression Series show. And to be honest, he, I was going to say, you know, he didn't deserve the spot, but to be honest, he fits in with those fucking losers, your Spike Treves and your William <laughs> Evers of the world. Uh, you know, the random dudes who've got no real reason to be together anymore because they got fucking humiliated by Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins and whoever a couple of months ago. He fits right in with that group of fucking straggler, gotten to fucking losers. 
<laughs> those that have taken no control over their careers and have just believed, I don't know, the good word of the pro Joe over the years. Yeah, that's yeah. basically it, isn't it? Yeah. I do would pay to see that rabble, honestly. Not me. <laughs> I've only seen the one Danny Duggar match was the Malik one from NPS. Yeah. And it was it was definitely the weakest of that of those first was round matches. Though? Was that not in front of like a, a, a closed arena? Because fuck me. Um, say that it though, got you, quiet. You just said, Joe, we wouldn't pay for it, but we would in Riptide. <laughs> it's a different world. Uh, yeah. No, I'd pay to see uh, Mambo's all right in Riptide, yeah. Spike yeah. Um, They book him effectively, but I haven't paid for a Riptide ticket before, so. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would, I, I'll take them all in. Riptide. I would pay for a Riptide <laughs> ticket. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. I would. The pres- uh, but that's generally because the presentation's very good. There's a real feel-good factor at the shows as well, mm. and there's a really good vibe at the shows. But I'm not paying for wrestlers at Riptide. I'm paying for experience. There- I don't think there are the promotions... The Riptide presentation of those wrestlers. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's not a promotion that's going to draw me on an individual match like a no. Rev Pro would, put it that way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, say about Riptide as well, yeah, because we that's where I end up, like, really sort of turning the corner properly on Chuck Mambo. Mm. I think it's through seeing seeing that yeah he is. But seeing the work he's that he's he's done on there as well, which meant that when he did appear in this as a heel, as part of DNR, it just sort of went you're just going, This is not him. This no. is not what he should be doing. No. This doesn't make any this is not Think of how he got over as a face in that Zack Sabre Jr. match at Ali Pally. Yeah. That was a great match. It was a breakout match for him. Think about what Zack did for him in that match that mm. Pete Dunne kind of didn't do for Car Noir in that match. Mm. Compare the two matches, similar spot on the card, similar function, Ali Pally, big show. It shows what a class act Zack is, if you ask me, in many ways. But then Chuck Mamba, they've kind of wasted that match, getting Chuck Mamba over yeah, that yeah. star position in progress yeah. because they've given him this. And then they had him a year later lose to Jimmy Avoc and the lads who were on their way out. So, well done. <laughs> well, we went from not planning on talking about the Rumble match to <laughs> there's so much... Yeah. Fucking yeah. shit. We haven't even talked about Chris Roberts stunning uh, wrestlers or... That was great. Highlight of the enough. Yes. Did you enjoy that, Chris Roberts coming out? I thought you'd hate that. Highlight of the night, mate. I just find Roberts funny. <laughs> Is it because he's so yeah. lanky? He just oh, he weird. feels like he's like a Welsh farmer or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Joe Joe came out with the uh what was the comment you said about um like after that though, the Canadian destroyer is dead. Oh yeah. You, like, you've said yeah. you're Brit rest. The Canadian destroyer just like feels it is dead. Uh, it was funny though. It was damn funny. And if he was gonna go out and he was already out anyway. This was the way to do it. I loved the uh, really bad stuff they did with like the South Pacific power trip where, oh, Fallout and a Rumble. Oh, yeah, I've seen this a million times. Sid Scarlett, lol. Fraser Thomas, oh, here's another tr- booking trope from WWE where a commentator gets up from the commentary table and gets undressed. Ha ha, isn't this funny, lol. Oh, he's gone quickly. Oh, another trope in like one fell swoop. Well done to you. Yeah, well done for booking a Royal Rumble. Pat yourselves on the back. It was rubbish. Yeah, skip Chris that Roberts saved the match. Yeah, maybe look for the Chris Roberts gifts. If you're into the vacant stuff, maybe watch that gift too. Uh, other than that, skip. It's a full hour of the show. You don't need it. Uh, but yeah, it was like also weirdly in the layout of the show. It's your semi-main event too, because 
We went from that mm. going 18 years on the VOD to your main event of of David Starr and Walter. Um, yeah, you know, that well-built match uh, that was built elsewhere. Fuck me. I mean, how, how do you have David Starr on your roster and do this little with him in the build to allegedly the biggest match of the year? Like, he is the best talker probably in wrestling. And this match had no momentum. David Starr had, he had some support behind him, but it wasn't any kind of ravenous biggest match of the year support behind him. Like, mm-hmm. this was fucking easy. This is a layup. Like, they put David Starr over in super strong style. That was clearly, as we've had reported and people have said to us, a decision on the night because they, they then went on for the next few months, barely used the bloke, barely had him on shows. When they did have him on shows, he was doing fuck all. He caught a couple of promos that for David Starr were in his strongest work, probably because the material wasn't there. And then we have this as their, as their alleged big match that we've seen a million times at WXW, and that'd be fine if they weren't using the WXW stuff and the stuff that's happened at OTT to build it because they hadn't done any work themselves. I mean, to be also, and it feels fucking stupid to break it down anyway, because they blew it up anyway for a crap angle. And I gave it, I think I gave it a gentleman's three on grapple. I probably went too high on it. Um, this was I an did. angle, it wasn't a match. Thoughts? There was the positive, there was some good worker points, but nowhere near to a standard of what yeah, we've seen these they... two do. It was, it was again this was weird it was just like as a main event it felt it felt dead it felt really fucking dead when i was watching this and then it just became the angle it was about well well how do they screw um it was the thing that i was kind of looking to see once that then did the eddie dennis announcement and how they presented it and the rest of it oh i gave it three and the way when you were going through it then, I was thinking, why did I give this three? What exactly did I think? Yeah, it was all right. The work before that was fine. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, they were... It's Walter and David Starr. Like, I didn't love that OTT match. I know I was a bit of an anomaly there. Now, but yeah. th- with this, the the work was fine. The OTT match had a framework. The other matches have a framework to yeah. work within. This was all about getting a belt on Eddie Dennis in a wild and wacky Russo-esque, or well, not even Russo, I suppose. Moment. It is to some extent. But moment booking, and the moment was fucking shit. <laughs> but also, I have a theory, and it is my theory. David Starr was outside at the beginning of the show with the whole unionization stuff. He was there with Jack Sexsmith, who apparently had a fallout with progress. So we've heard before, right? Sugar Duncan was there. That Progress super fan who stopped going to Progress shows but was one of the features in the really bad Progress documentary that very few people have seen. And think yourself lucky because you save yourself a couple of hours. Right. Unionization. Here's a company connected with WWE, right? This guy who is pushing for unionization, which WWE probably don't want in any way at all, is in their main event. He loses to Eddie Dennis who puts his foot over him. Mm, pretty definitive. Pretty humiliating. Are they going to have a storyline where Star gets revenge, possibly? Who knows? I'm speculating. But at the same time, is it in their interest as progress, employees of WWE, to humiliate a guy pushing for unionization and independence in professional wrestling? 
I think it is. And yep. there's there's my conspiracy theory right there. And I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but I wouldn't put anything past that rabble of shite WWE. <laughs> and as I've said, well, I'm going to say for the third or fourth time of today's show, read a fucking history book. Look at what Jesse uh, Ventura tried to do. Mm. Look at what Roddy Piper suggested several times. That stuff never happened because WWE didn't really want it to happen. It was very hard for it to happen. And is it in progress interest, like I said, to make sure this doesn't happen? I think so. I believe you. Like I, I could. I read the spoilers and thought we're building to a defending the wrestling versus independence story. <laughs> I'm actually not. Came so to sure. my mind, but I'm yeah, not sure. I'm not sure. Not. Like I watched that. That finish was fucking shite. Eddie Dennis hits one of those crap WWE chair shots to the back. No, it's not even Eddie Dennis. It's Mark Andrews. It hits the crap WWE style chair shots to the back, and then they yep. put they put David Starr's neck in a in a vice with the chair, and like you say, he just stands on him and pins him, like. Fuck! Where, where was the finish? Like, how, how was that a finish? Like, yeah, I, I could believe that. That there was a. It, it really, it does. It kills David Starr. This is your big baby face, and there you go. Yeah. Like he's he's crashed out, and yeah, the for the sake of a, another WWE heel on top. I'm, I'm all in on that conspiracy theory, JP. Yeah, I can get in on that. It's the first time I've heard it from, from Joe on here. I mean, one of the things was before it, I think like you, I thought it's going down Defend Indie Wrestling versus We The Independent. Oh, yeah. Who cares about Defend but, Indie Wrestling? None of them are indie wrestlers. They've no, got WWE contracts. But as a storyline, it seemed like that, that was a yeah, really yeah, they were going to yeah, go yeah. down. the real-life beef, yeah. Yeah. But by the end of this, that wasn't necessarily the feeling I took away from it. Well, we got I also got the impression that it wasn't something that the crowd were buzzing for as well. And I think rating-wise, overall, the matches, what on Grapple, it's about what, uh, 3.33. It was the worst Walter David Star match. David. I've seen most really of it. It wasn't was. good. Now, but here's a question. And we talk about, like, you know, the shenanigans in this main event. Obviously, sorry, bring it back up, but the Summer Sizzler main event. Now, is that something that you've seen as well in terms of how... But have you had a chance to see that yet against Will Ospreay? Maybe it was six months ago at this point, as if I'm watching that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Because obviously there were two matches that have involved Star in big main events. Yeah. And both of them have had, frankly, a fuck ton of shenanigans yeah. at this point in both. And I've I've heard some like obviously like criticisms about this. But it just starts to make me wonder about are we not <sighs> Are we not appreciate? Uh, it sounds like I'm buying into a storyline in terms of David Starr, but it does feel like it's kind of like not as appreciated as, as how he should be in terms of like who he is in terms of the best presentation of him. Progress of a Tory promotion and Thatcher destabilised the unions during our reign. And <laughs> yeah, I'm going there. And all of these Tory wrestlers who probably claim not to be. Eddie Dennis was a teacher, right? I'm maybe buying into what he said in his promo too much. Maybe it was a character-based promo. But if he takes an anti-union stance and he was a teacher, that's pretty disgraceful, if you ask me, considering the way that our wages uh, have not grown with inflation over the years and considering how there have been uh, well funding that has not been in line with inflation, especially in our sector over the years. And if what he was saying is what he believes with his WWE contract, then hang your head, mate, because I've got no interest in you. And I loved his Rev Pro run where there was genuine sympathy put on him. And maybe I am buying way too much into character stuff here. Don't know. 
But if there's an element of real life stuff to this, and I feel like there kind of is with the Andrews, Dunn, Eddie Dennis sort of stable and David Starr, then yeah, what they're coming out with and what they're saying about this defense stuff, it all just feels like there's an element of petty jealousy to it. And I don't know what their beef is when David Starr is looking for change and is trying to help wrestlers who have an independent status, which they had for years. And if they want to kind of look down on that, then yeah, I question what their motives always were, to be honest. Because in theory, Starr can end up coming back in a couple of months and, and work his own to some kind of angle. But do you know what? The impact this show will end up having on I, him. I think he's off somewhere. I, I think him finishing up with Rev Pro and doing some big matches over the last few weeks. Ian Hamilton kind of put this to me and I'm, I'm starting to buy it. Um, I don't think something weird's going on with David Starr. Like I, it'd be weird if he signed somewhere right now considering you know him being the lead on this independent stuff. But something's afoot. I, I don't know what it is, but like... I don't know, and the fact that he's back in WCW, WXW so soon, considering he was supposed to be gone, feels like he's getting the matches in while he can. I don't know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe that's the reason they did them so dirty in this main. Possibly, possibly. Who knows? I've uh, not had any rumours regarding that. No. But it would be a real shame considering what he is doing right now and the kind of buzz around it mm. and the thought that some genuine change might happen as well. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny as well. I mean, I was going to say, and we should probably, some breaking news I'll get into in a minute, but like, we should talk, like, just this as an overall show, uh, you know, what progress is now. Like, I saw a lot of good live reports for this show, and mm. I will, you know, I'm never, I'm not. People have been on the beer all day or something. Well, they did get a couple of cracking craft <laughs> beer trucks in at the last Ali Pally show I went to. Well, I'm not, I'm not one to say people's opinions are wrong or are influenced by such things, but like, I do think, like, the way WWE gets away with it, you can get away... If you're in this live crowd and you get, you know, you get your two Money in the Bank-style cash-ins, you get your Cara Noir surprise appearance, you get your WWE NXT guys coming in, you get your Rumble with with all your... Like, this was a show, as we've joked about, of moments, and I bet you, if you were there live, I bet you... You pop for these moments. I bet, yeah, despite it being mm. nonsensical, you pop for the Eddie Dennis stuff at the end. I can believe it from a live point of view, but I would implore maybe, like, if you were there live and you loved it, maybe I wouldn't say sit through the four hours, but as a VOD experience, like, I was ready to. I mean, a re- for the most part, I enjoyed the Natural Progression series show the night before, even because I went in with that with very low expectations. But as a VOD watch, I just thought this was lifeless, soulless, and. Yeah, I mean, there are there are certain factors bleeding in the natural progression series, guys, that give me some positivity towards progress. It's what I'd do too, and I'm glad they're doing it. But then there's so much reliable. There's like basically an NXT guy in every single match, um, and yeah. a non-progress guy in pretty much every single match. You know, like I, I don't know. You, you, we basically got to see both maybe some of the minor positive and the negative of progress as it is right now. Uh, and all in all, I really didn't think it was an enjoyable watch and I didn't think it was a, a memorable watch and I didn't think it felt like the biggest show of the year. It just felt like another progress show uh, and as progress has felt for the last two years, like it's it's not a priority. Um, they're just... Yeah. Know, they, they can rely on 2,000 people turning up for shows like this, but this isn't their A-game. This isn't their job. No, exactly. I mean, and it's still doing the best of any uh, of any of the sort of regular Brit rest promotions around. Yeah, and I get that 
they put WWE guys on there and drew 2,000, right? Would have been interesting to see what number they would have done without that. I don't think it would have been as high. So I, I get it from a business point of view. It's Rev Pro New Japan in. Same thing. Yeah. Well, but from a fan, thing. I think the New Japan guys give the Rev Pro shows a lot more, though, oh, definitely. personally. Um, but from a, a fan standpoint, this was not fun. And the show ending on that note, it was just like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Like, oh, look, it's WrestleMania 31 where Seth Rollins interrupts the match yeah. and Brock Lesnar doesn't take a fall. Oh, Walter doesn't take a fall. Except what you do is include Seth Rollins' promo from Raw the night afterwards as well. On Oh, and you get Dean Ambrose to come and take out Roman Reigns as well in the Mark Andrews role here. Yeah, yeah. 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 And also, that Mark Andrews pop when he revealed himself. Because, oh, of course it wasn't him, was it? Bloody hell, awful. <laughs> Just where did Walter go? He just disappeared, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's probably done, yeah. isn't he? That's him. That's him, done in just progress. Lost his belt, didn't care. Just didn't And Eddie him. Dennis's promo was shit. Yeah. It was a really bad promo. Yeah, and he's a great promo as well. It was another he one has of those. Been. So Brit Res is dead, is it? Is it? Promos. What have we done, Joe? You've, we've got to him, mate. We've got to him. <laughs> mate, you've great. Yeah. Gotten to him. Just keep repeating it. Uh, just like. Call the show like no seriously, Brit Rest is definitely fucking dead. Uh, just call it that. That's the title. There you go. Brit Rest is dead again. Uh, just got a, I've just got a DM. This isn't the breaking news. Just got a DM from Glenn trying to arrange a pint in Manchester after that progress. Show. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him a, our feedback in person if that if that comes to fruition. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, When's the progress Manchester show? October the eighteenth, I think it is. It's the Sunday. Oh. Uh, I'm definitely going. I'll still enjoy it. The progress Manchester shows are always a laugh. Uh, the, the atmosphere is much better than down south. Uh, I know they've. What have they announced for that? Is it um, Ilya versus versus Kara Noir? I think. Uh, if they they should they need to start bleeding these natural progression series guys into these shows. That's not a bad start. Uh, yeah. The bigger but, question is, are you going to go for this pint? Brewdog, mate. We're uh, we're going to go to the uh, the most punk rock bar possible. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll report back on the podcast. I'm a journalist, Joe. What would I be if I didn't uh, get the scoops? Look. All, all I'll say is, with all this Brit Rest is Dead stuff that was on the show, Benno, and get Zach Gibson's promo, is another conspiracy theory. I reckon they've gotten to by you, mate. I would maybe get one of those D-Lo Brown chest protectors from about 20 years ago, maybe put under your check shirt while you're drinking your craft beer. Make sure you get out of there alive. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll have Matt to, uh, to play referee. My brother's coming. I'm worried well. in case Glenn tries to uh, play some Polish stripper tricks on you or something like that. <laughs> Bleed your car and leave you in the middle of Manchester. Apparently ah, Glenn's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see. No, he's all right. Of course he wouldn't do that. Uh, would you like to know? I enjoy strip club in Poland, though. <laughs> we'll take him. We'll all go. We'll do a, a grapple uh, trip to Poland. Bring Gareth. I am go. never stepping foot in a strip club. And definitely not a strip club in Poland for the, as long as I live. Yeah, a football a football match against Progress? We're still leaving it out there? <laughs> what? A football match against Progress? Oh, if the Progress lads are up for a game of five, six aside, I am more than up for it. Benno, arrange it. Say to Glenn, you, ever, you enjoy a kick around? Because if he does, we'll get it sorted. That'll be the lead thing in the peace talks, yeah. I'll see what I can do. Us and, uh, us and graps and claps uh, against the pro. It, yeah. It'll be like World War One, the Christmas Day match between the uh, <laughs> English ge- soldiers and the German soldiers. <laughs> we'll get Jamesy and Christmas Martin Day. on side as well. We'll do it. Uh, we'll figure something out. <laughs> uh, but anyway, would you like to know the real breaking news that, uh, that's just come out as we're, uh, as we're recording? Uh, we were talking oh. earlier about uh, AEW and them potentially getting a UK deal. 
uh, Tony Khan's tweeted out that they're going to be on Fight TV. But to watch it, four ninety nine a month or two ninety nine an episode. Fuck off. <laughs> Get back to the dog's tone. Stop talking bollocks, man. <laughs> he said, we can't broadcast live free-to-air in the UK due to different ad break schedules than in the US. I'm sorry, but is, is anyone... Like, that happens all the time. Sky it? done it, do it. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to BT Sport do it with UFC. It's bollocks. Channel 4 put ad breaks into the Royal Rumble back in the day, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Yeah, that they definitely have in the past. And, like, yeah, it's really odd. I don't think it's just a Sky thing. I think you can do that anyway. Maybe there's a difference for Terrestrial. Um, yeah, possibly. There really thing. isn't, is there? Or is he just so talking? Hold shit? on. I think he's talking. NFL shit. broadcast. That's right. Super yeah. Bowl is on the yeah. BBC now. Just go back and to BBC. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then you've got to employ people in a studio. That's the problem. We're available. There's three of us. Come on. And we'll, a slight uh, delay. You just go to an ad break or look, put a one of these. Your uh, pro will be starting up against in a second. I'd love to get some work, but the stuff I've said about Tony Khan and dogs, I'm not getting one <laughs> with AEW anytime soon. Yeah, you're gonna no, pay a fiver. No, no, no. no. That, that's a, that's another boon for the uh, the watch wrestling um, world. Um, yeah, Google watch wrestling, lads. Fuck. Yeah, two words. Fuck off. Like, it's not happening. <laughs> no, that's an odd one. Um, doesn't help with their uh, perception over here. And I'm just looking at the replies to Big Toe, and there's uh, not much positive in there either. Um, Really that? bad star in the UK, that. Yeah. Really yeah, bad, yeah. yeah. For a TV show, that does not make much sense to me. Well, um, like, I would hope that AEW isn't going into its sort of UK shows wondering what figures it's doing compared to fucking Peppa Pig. Mm. So, like, being on at that time in the morning. <laughs> so, like, you kind of think to yourself, like, oh, do you know what, Joe? Next time see him at the cop, you need to give him a bollocking. So I think last time he's, he's got away with it. It's a poor excuse. It is. It's a poor excuse. Authority, I'd, I'd fi- see, authority figures. I'd want to see some uh, some actual evidence that that is the real reason, like mm. proper hard evidence from like an email or a meeting he's had with ITV. Yeah. yeah, or some ITV executives saying that as well. If ITV say it, I'm going to believe it. But until I hear that from ITV, I don't believe that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems... Really odd. Like I say, the NFL seemed to get away with it fine. Odd. I don't really understand. NBA, when it was broadcast on Channel 5, but then again, they would employ a studio. Baseball. It, it's good, but it's going to be more costly to employ people to be in a studio. That's the problem. Ah, but you create this, an extra cost of it. But the only thing for this they've got to do is just do it on an ever so slightly delay yeah. and then cut over to whatever necessarily the adverts are being bought <sighs> in for that blog. Yeah. the AW logo on loop for three minutes, you know what I mean? Like uh, That's what they did on Sky, wasn't it? Yeah. When Raw wasn't back in the US from an ad break. They just had that playing for ages. Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah. God. There's ways and means, but yeah, it's, it sounds like shite. Big Tone's pulling a fast one. Uh, but yeah, we'll have more on that, I suppose, on our next show. Um, we're at two hours pulled ten. pulled a few so... of those this time. But... <laughs> we're at two hours ten, so we probably don't have loads of time, but we did say we, we were going to mention uh, some of the New Japan we've all been watching. JP, you want to catch uh, up with the young I, boys? I wouldn't mind going to bed. 
Can we I'll be very, very, before I'll go? be very, very quick about it. I think Fredericks looks like a bit of a start. Delighted show to Umino's over here. We'll save a bit more depth for it for the next one because there was this sort of very progress heavy one for it. Mm. Um, like thought so. Shota and Carl Fredericks were very good. Thought Clark Connors was good. I'm glad to see Shota Umino over here for a bit. I'm just hoping that Portsmouth doesn't seem to get to him the way that he got to Great Okan. So perhaps Shota Umino is the shot that Rev Pro needs right now. It is. It's just what worries me is what terrible gimmick he's going to be saddled with because that's obviously the test. Well, hopefully he can edit as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he can. That's the real test. <laughs> yeah, he comes over with that to the laptop with Final Perhaps Cut Pro on it. Editing on his excursion year can be like uh, football players back in the day cleaning players' boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Camera work. Yeah. Um, so that was good of the tournament for that. I mean, it was it was a kind of a strange one, but that was the main. I mean, Fredericks does look like a bit of a start, although the finale, the final of it was a bit more kind of comprehensive than what I thought it would have been. As a big show destruction, if you didn't see it, you'd be fine. I mean, there was the Kishin Liger out that was angle. Great. That was so great. Yeah, which which was which was great, and and I, I did enjoy it. It's a bit weird they've announced the next match. But mm. like it's for King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the dome. Yeah, I thought you'd leave it until then. But they're saying it's going to be Liger, so they're Kishin going to do Liger, yeah, rather than Kishin. Liger at King of Pro Wrestling, and then Kishin Liger at the yeah, dome. Possibly. In which case, then why do the angle beforehand? But anyway, there you go. Um, but I thought, like, I thought that was really good. Um, of the of the matches I saw, I'd probably say that you know, Goto Shingo was. Good, but two big not lads it, clothesline in each other really hard was basically what that was. It was. What it you wasn't as good as their G one match. Not though. as good as the G one. I didn't think it had the intensity of the G one match consistently. If you ask me, yeah. mm. and it just seemed to be there for Goto in what is his traditional placeholder spot. So he's he's gone to LA. He's lost weight, but his character exactly the fucking same. Mm. Nothing has changed really, other than he's associated with the lad dojo now. Well, we're going to get Go OJ White again, aren't we? Apparently. <laughs> uh, so it seemed like at the end of the show. Jay White match, I was bored. I started skipping through. Like, yeah, he does little things. Cool. He's boring. His he, post match promo, I thought, was, was all right. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. So did I. I. I've got a theory on this that I hope happens because I'm just. Ah, uh, oh, I don't want to go on a Jay White rant today. I've gone on a progress rant already. Um, I'm so fucking tired. Save I, the magic for next week. I'm going to Boris Johnson rant if you fancy it, but I'll <laughs> save that. One as well. Um, yeah, I I just was bored during this. Um, Naito wasn't on his on his best form either. I don't think he has been for a while, but I just don't think these guys have really any chemistry at all. I don't think they work well together. Mm. The Jay White stuff, I just don't know if it's ever going to click with me at this point. I just can't see it. Mm. I just can't see it. My theory, this is what I really want to happen. The whole talk about the IWGP and the Intercontinental stuff. In his post-match promo, Jay White mentioned guys he'd beat. He mentioned Kenny Omega. An ideal scenario would be Jay White versus Kenny Omega at the Tokyo Dome for the Intercontinental title on January 4th. Kenny wins. Kota Ibushi beats Okada. Okada versus Ibushi at the Tokyo Dome on Jan 5th to unite the titles. Please, for the love of God, please give us that. So Omega can get back on form, get a couple of decent matches in. And for the love of God, just we don't see Jay White in a main event in a rematch against Ibushi on Jan 5th because my birthday is on January 4th. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfair, John. 
if uh, if anyone from from New Japan is listening, be kind to Joe. It's his birthday. Yeah, uh, it's usually a great birthday because I usually spend all day watching the Tokyo Dome show, and it's usually pretty good. Or at work, and then I watch the Tokyo Dome show. But it's a double weekender of it this year. Mm. I want to watch it on Jan fourth. Want to go out for a cracking meal in the evening, possibly, or in the day. Don't know. And then on Jan fifth, after maybe I've had a couple of beers, not too many. I want to wake up with a slightly heavy head and watch Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi and not Jay White. Please. Please. <laughs> uh, just do it for Joe. Really want that to happen. <laughs> but hey, it's not all negative. You know, Rock and Roll Express will work on New Japan next week. Maybe oh, we'll get him. Home. You know, there's that. The team with Tanahashi, which is fucking brilliant. That's brilliant. We're going to get I'm a triple so A guitar spot. They're in a match with uh, Hiromu as well. Not Hiromu. Uh, they're, they're in a match with the uh, the LRJ guys as well. You know, you're going to get to see Dragon Lee going up against the Rock and Roll Express. That's, oh, I'm so up for this. That's something yeah. I never expected, I would, uh, I would say. I think but, I saw Shingo was in a match of him in one of the tags as right. well, wasn't yeah, he? Shingo yeah, Shingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ricky Moore would have to take a Shingo clothesline. Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I bet he'd sell for it, though. Imagine the selling. <laughs> oh, he would do. He'd sell more than Pete Dunwood for it. Got <laughs> <laughs> to see him, in, see him in Tag League, the Rock and Rolls. Yeah, I'll see him anywhere. I'm well up for them. Yeah. Get him over here, get him to Rev Pro. Mm. Yeah, both for the love of wrestling. Yeah, they can see Brit. Oh. See, lads, Brit. Rev, Leave Marty and Brutus at home this time. Get them to win. <laughs> then it, they, even Morton can hold his shit together more than those two. But uh, there you go. Get the real lads over. Right, anything else you want to talk, or uh, are we out of here? I think if uh, Rock and Roll Express come over and the Steiners come over and they get Michelle Ford in for the Steiners, maybe get Linda Lusardi or someone in for the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> She's more their era. <laughs> Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be She's up still going, that. Sam Fox? Still alive? Of course. Cool. Yeah, you can do that. Joe Guest. Lesbian these days, Sam Fox. <laughs> Shout out to Future Shot Wrestling if you're going to book something for the day, you know? This could this could, work. This could be a match, you know? Think about it. <laughs> Lusardi and Ford on the outside having a rock. I'm well up for that. Kenny Omega running, you know? Could be, could be good. Um, Linda Lusardi was married to a bloke who was in Brooklyn. Midnight Express, what accompanied by Joe Guest running oh, out to the ring as well. No, but Lusardi was married to a bloke who was in Brookside. <laughs> I think he was married to Corkill's daughter in Brookside. You know Claire Sweeney? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And Brookside, he was married to her or was going out of her at one point. Yeah, and he was married to Lusardi in real life. Yeah. <laughs> There's a miscellaneous fat for you to end the show. There you go, everyone. That's the stuff you come for. Uh, right, that's it. Really, <laughs> anything you want to talk about? Anything, or should we go? Gaza in China. Find oh it. yeah, we yeah, need it. Please. We need that VOD. Xbox is sold. Get, get us that uh, that that uh, that documentary. It's needed. Yeah. Uh, also, Bandido v Mike Bailey got announced for ROH Bolton. So come on, guys, I'm gonna have the last laugh here. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, but you, they're, they're wrestling for an audience of one. <laughs> oh yeah. So at least I know there's gonna be three people there: me, Bandido, and Mike Bailey. Uh, also Matt. So. Good in stars. fairness, Ben, if somebody had said to you, you get to watch Ring of Honor, like someone said to you in like mid 2000, you get to watch Ring of Honor basically by yourself. They put a Ring of Honor show for you. You, you wouldn't have slept until that date, would you? No. They said that to you in the mid 2000s. Have you been to Bolton before? Yes, uh, I mentioned it. Then I went to see Nash Hall and Expat do a, a Q&A. Uh, yeah. That's my only yeah. ever trip to Bolton, though, so I can't really speak for the place uh, other than the Reebok. Um, that's the only area. I wonder what Bolton's got going for it. Peter K. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, Peter K. Phoenix Knights was a good show. Vernon K. (laughs) (laughs) Presenter of Family (laughs) Fortune. Tess Daly. Yeah. 
Uh, Bolton Legends. Zach Knight, I was always a fan of him in fantasy football when he played there. Yeah. Back for Bolton. Yuri Jorkaev lived there for a bit, but that was a fucking experience. JJ Acocha. Yeah. Even Campo. Fernando Hierro finished his career there after a career at Real Madrid. Yeah. <sighs> Jonathan Walters. Should we go home? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should go home. Not that John Walters either. Not the good John Walters. Uh, yeah, we should <laughs> roll. <laughs> We should roll out. Um, we're out of time. Next week, we'll. Uh, I, I was going to mention as well. I'm going. I'm going to WXW Tag League now. I'll talk more about that next week. Uh, the week of the show. Don't know what else is going mm-hmm. on this weekend. There's New Japan shows. There's ROH on Friday. I can't see half of us. Uh, us watching that one, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, as the uh, as the news develops and as things happen, we'll. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. Monday, are we saying next week or Tuesday? One of the two. Uh, yeah. We'll be in touch. We'll You'll you be know. all right. You'll live till then. It's fine. <laughs> it Don't should, worry. It should be Monday, everyone. Uh, but keep an ear yeah. out just in case the schedule has changed. But yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard. Follow JP at JPGP. Follow the Grapple app at Grapple app. And yeah, that's pretty much us for another week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Where no one follows me I walk alone